0: Welcome to the new year, and thank you for listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. This episode, like all of our episodes, is brought to you by our patrons. Uh, if you go to patreoncom duckfeedtv, you too can join. Hey, Roars! You- hey, buddy! You can uh, you can join uh, people and uh, give us a couple bucks a month. Makes a big difference. Um, we're close to our next goal. Uh, we have a great year planned for you. Um, so please check that out, and happy new year from Watch Out for Fireballs. Thank you. You're Butterfield. This
1: is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a Games Club podcast. And this week we are talking about Child of Light, which is an RPG developed by Ubisoft Montreal and published by Ubisoft for various modern systems in 2014.
0: Yeah. yeah. And this is uh, not our first, but one of our early kind of executive produced games. Mm-hmm. Um, this was uh, sponsored uh, via Patreon by our friend Eric. Who also goes by zombie chocobo um and yeah really
1: thank you thank you a lot eric yeah thank you um, um i otherwise thanks. wouldn't have uh, played this this is a game that made a big splash when it came out back mm-hmm. in the day um and i'm happy to have played it because i've not played very many modern rpgs mm-hmm. um i, I also want to give kind of a caveat which is um even though this is executive produced we're not going to be you know positive about this
0: uh, yeah i'm glad i'm you took the words out of my mouth like i i like eric I talked to Eric a lot on Slack. Um, I like him as a dude. I didn't like this game. No. Uh, and I'm not, I you know, so I, I've got to be honest uh, about that. It does not reflect on Eric or Eric's taste or Eric's personhood or anyone else who likes it. People get mad at us when you make that disclaimer. People get mad at us when we don't. Yeah. There's not a way to win uh, <laughs> that, that specific game yeah. with everybody. Mm-hmm. But because this is a person, I want to say specifically to Eric who supported this thing, uh, I didn't like this game. It does not reflect on my feelings on you or your tastes. No you um,
1: you suggested this yeah. game because it is special to you and i want to respect that as much as i can while also kind of offering a, can- a candid view of this right yes yeah
0: Maybe. i can't i can't argue with my experience
1: with it, yeah. uh which was not
0: uniformly negative yeah. but honestly i like i i don't like I, I can't recommend this one um but we'll get into it we'll get into to all those reasons i just want to mm-hmm. get that out there on front street yeah um it's always a little bit hard with it in an, an executive produced game mm-hmm. you know cuz we we've lucked out with those uh, a little bit for that whereas like Tomb Raider like I was really glad I played that even if the ending kind of fell apart mm-hmm. and MGS 2 is at the very least like really interesting to talk about right you know like um, this is will be interesting to talk about as well too like I think that this the things that this that I don't like about this are really kind of instructive yeah uh, you know and and kind of interesting the way the way that it doesn't work. <laughs> um but it's not uh out of the three games that have an executive produced for us this is the one that i like the least oh transistor was also executive produced oh i forgot about that and that one's great yeah so there's yeah. there's the home run not of the executive yeah. produced ones yeah so but the uh <laughs> home run, again not as far as a pick just as far as games i liked.
1: right yeah um yeah. and i think that um this instructive is the right word for this i think this forms an interesting pair with crimson trout mm, yeah um as a lightweight jrpg Yes, they
0: were both, um, and this game came up a lot when we did that, and I was like, man, there need to be more, like, 10-hour JRPGs.
1: Oh, absolutely. <laughs>
0: um, which I still think there, there need to be, right? Like, uh-huh. it's not like that genre is dead to me. This has been long enough since the after years that it was not just, like, JRPG fatigue right. that made me not like this. This mm-hmm. was To me, this is a crushing weight of a lot of little problems mm-hmm. that all feel very fixable in a frustrating way. Like, I understand Monday morning quarterbacking is only so useful, and, like, any kind, Anytime you like suggest a change in a game, like it was probably brought up at some point in development, like yeah. you're not the first person to come up with it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: There are just like a lot of things that would have made this work for me mm-hmm. if they had been changed. And the, the combined weight of them yeah. ended up making this not be the 10 hour JRPG that
1: you yeah. know, I want. Keep on trying. Keep on giving me as many 10 hour JRPGs as you can.
0: <laughs> yeah i will play one of them a year at most and eventually will come upon one that i really like yeah.
1: um and it's it's just
0: interesting because the things that, that that it does that are the innovations of this are ways to make that genre better like are mm-hmm. ways to kind of paper over some of the problems with the genre it's just like other things didn't work or the ways they try to do it didn't quite work for me mm-hmm. um and yeah i'm looking forward to talking about it this is uh one of the games like sometimes i'll do something and i you know i i didn't like it very much and i'm interested in talking or you know i'm like it's gonna be kind of a slog to kind of bum out about something for a little while mm-hmm. and sometimes it's kind of delicious like i was really looking forward to doing soul reaver
2: because it was like this <laughs> you know
0: like and this is not that this is more like man i i very it's very interesting the way this doesn't work and like so i'm I, it's not like it's delicious and it's not gonna be a bummer like mm-hmm. i've been looking forward to recording this episode
1: yeah yeah this is more of a an autopsy than anything yes yeah.
0: yes yeah. Um, so let's start with the uh, the character in our autopsy. Let's
1: open up that spleen <laughs> and pull out a, a cartoon princess named Aurora. Yeah. Um, yes. So this story um, is the tale of a young princess named Aurora who dies of a mysterious illness and wakes up in a strange land called Lemuria, uh, where she is given a quest to recover the light. Capital L light. Yes.
0: Um, and the entire story takes on this kind of cadence and presentation of a fairy tale. Yes, so uh, that is why the character is named Aurora, and you're getting the light and everything mm-hmm. uh, for good and ill.
1: Very straight up the middle in that regard.
0: Yes, it is a very generic fairy tale kind of thing, and that's the tra- you know that's the trapping that's intentional, mm-hmm. right. that's by design. Yeah. Um, the biggest gimmick with that is that all the dialogue and narration is delivered in
1: rhyming verse. Um, this sucks. Yeah. I'm like so bad. I'm not a fan. I don't believe that this works. And in looking around and poking around to see, like, did, you know, like, did this make a reviewer feel some, you know, feel something, feel anything? The most charitable kind of read on this is, you know, an admiration of the attempt, but an admission that it feels forced. For me, yes. this really got in the way um Yeah, you know, I i like to think i'm not a dummy people can disagree this really got in the way of even kind of like comprehension or characterization oh totally yeah. like 100 like my because
0: so many lines and words in this are chaff to fit the meter and rhyme right it trained me to ignore it most of the time to, to glaze yeah yeah to glaze i was going for the rhyme there but like yeah, it, <laughs> it, it, it It trained it trained me to, to glaze over it so like this ended up being one of the... For being such a simple story, and it ended up being one of the hardest to follow things that we've done <laughs> because every single time someone talked... And I know that this is a very stock like Gary complaint, like blah, blah, blah. Gary doesn't want people to talk in JRPGs. Uh-huh. But like every time somebody opened their mouth, I knew it was going to be a stream of bullshit. So mm-hmm. like I would just like... Look at my phone, like look at my desk, start the dishes, <laughs> like,
1: anytime. like yeah like you, you you like for for a game that features as much as much dialogue as this, that cannot be a constant point of friction right yes, and it, and it, every time someone talked, it
2: was
0: annoying to where got, by the time i got if if this story was more complicated, it would one hundred percent not work because right. you just wouldn't be able to follow it, and like it is not impossible to do a nuance to do nuanced good dialogue that rhymes, right. Like, um, there, there's, you know, there's, there's, there's literature.
2: You know, there's, there's <laughs> there's yeah, like, like,
0: it
1: exists. You know,
0: <laughs> it, it exists. There's poetry. Like,
1: it um, exists. You could do it. Well, I, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll cite an example of something that actually works. It's not something that rhymes very often. But uh, if you look at games that are in, that that are set in uh, Ivalis or Evilus, mm-hmm. um, specifically Final Fantasy XII, where all of the dialogue is done in iambic pentameter. Like, mm-hmm. it is subtle, it doesn't really call attention to itself, but it is, you know, issued and delivered in a way that is very much, um, you know, in this verse style, right? Yes, like uh, a Shakespearean kind of thing. Exactly. And so yeah. it is, it, you know, it, it is those times where like, okay, they we, they they made a choice. Cool, the choice is good. Um, and they stuck to it, but it was pretty much entirely for like from the get. You know, something that they ended up just butting up against and, you know, ended up creating kind of like not just more labor for them, which, you know, what go ahead, like work really hard to accomplish something labor for me. Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like it ends up making this a tough bite. Right. You know, with 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 every every time it comes up. And the biggest way. So the difference between like a rhyming verse and iambic pentameter is that like in order like a rhyme is a more restricted set. Right. So having these lines have to end in rhyme ends up with like incredibly forced, awkward sounding lines. Mm-hmm. So it's not just that it, does, it sounds unnatural because like you can do stylized dialogue, uh, you know, Aaron Sorkin, like they're, they're, it happens, right? Mm-hmm. Like uh, it is just that it ends up with people saying things that not only no one has ever said before, but make no sense. Right. Um, it's early on in the, the game. So it's just the ex- it's the primary example though, that I, I latched on you know, the very moment I realized like, oh, this is not, not going to work. Is there's a boss fight where your character says like something like, um, oh, you foul beast, you shall rule the rule of the day. I shall draw my sword and turn you to clay.
2: Right.
0: And uh, I like, turn you to clay like that's mm. not a threat like that doesn't you know, that doesn't make any sense. That's not a euphemism. That's not a phrase anyone ever says. Turning someone to clay is not the same thing as killing them or hurting them or anything like that. Like it's a weird trans chemical thing. It feels like a non sequitur. Right. And a lot of the dialogue is that. Right. You know, like them just kind of fitting in a word that has to be the best they could, you know, do this. Right. And like you, I shall slay, you know, like it, it It wouldn't be hard to make it make sense. But they also didn't want to make it generic mm-hmm. like they gave themselves the tiniest, tiniest tightrope to walk. And then immediately jumped onto the safety net. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> <You know?
1: Yeah. laughs> just like I can't yeah. do this. <laughs> like like a, a, a lot of it feels a little bit like uh like like first pass at the dialogue or yes. the rhyme as well. It doesn't uh, it doesn't scan like po- poetry needs to have scansion like it you know, like it needs to yeah. have like a rhythm and lines are not kind of like there there's no real meter to 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 to, to any of it right um, yeah. which you know fairy tales don't often have to but like rhymes. They, they stick out like a sore thumb and like that usually, you know, is the least interesting, th- interesting thing about a poem to me. You know? Yeah. Like
0: you know, there's a reason why it is kind of an archaic form of poetry. Right. You know, and it is not really in style. Um, okay. One of the th- early things I did when trying to, I know we're camping out on this point for a long time,
1: but it's you know, literally it's so, all it's of the so, dialogue. the game. It's so front and center. And it's something yeah. that people bring up. Like you you can't ignore it about this. It's, it's the gimmick, right? Like
0: it is the innovation of this game, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's the one thing that, you know, the combat, other JRPG combat systems have done similar things to this. Right. This is the the innovation. The um so one of the things I did when trying to give this uh a fair shake was read it out loud. Mm-hmm. Because I was like, okay, maybe this will actually find a rhythm, but it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Like paragraph to paragraph, the lines don't have the same kind of meter and length. Yeah. So like you might have an individual rhythm within a couplet, but that's about as far as it goes. Mm-hmm. Um and if they had these kind of like uh you know arpeggiating like in you know, these crescendos of of things and then resolving mm-hmm. down to a rhyme like if it had a sense of musicality to it right um you could have done this like you could right. have made it work um even when you're talking about that scanability like even things down to like the font choice right like impacted this yeah you know it is just it is a singular decision that i don't think any aspect of it worked, except yeah. for the fact that it being a bullet point. Like this is the thing that's in the game.
1: There, there, there's one funny thing: the running gag of the character who always biffs the rhyme at the end. But but they correct them. <laughs> yep. Like I hate that. Like <laughs> yeah. that ruins the one funny thing.
0: Like yeah. for the guy who biffs the rhyme because he's out of place in this world. I was like, oh, it might be kind of a fun thing if like the audience knew what he meant. Mm-hmm. You know, but the, the character just didn't say yeah. it. Yeah, I'm, I'm a, a character poet. Always and... <laughs>
1: corrects them. I'm a poet, and I wasn't aware of that fact. Yeah,
0: exa- Exactly. Like that's kind of fun. Like it's not a knee slapper. No, it's not going. It's not putting this up into the Portal Two echelon of funny games. But like, no. No. it's kind. It's kind of cute. Yeah. But they they ruin it. Yeah. Like even that was like I was like I see what you're going for here. Does this character does this get developed? Do they learn to rhyme? Does something happen? And they start yeah. rhyming. Do characters stop? You know. Doing it to other characters stop rhyming because it's like they're being freed from this thing. Nope. They do nothing with it. They just have yeah. a character, other character come in and correct them. Mm-hmm. It's not the same character. It doesn't say anything about the characterization of the people who correct them. Like they're a pedant or they're mm-hmm. somehow more beholden to this world's rules. Like it is just no information. It's just them ruining the joke.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> like God,
1: like every, every so time without so, fail, yeah.
0: without fail. Like it is so frustrating. Like that mm-hmm. character, when that came up, when it first started happening, I thought I was in for some kind of metafictional thing.
1: Right. Like, right. Oh, or like, like there or are
0: you, people who don't, <laughs> aren't part of this rule system. Like what is this? It brings this uh, style thing to a part of the fiction in a way that I think is kind of cool. Mm -hmm. Um, But then do nothing with it other than ruin the joke.
1: Yeah. I mean, and that that's, that's kind of what you have to do when you have something that is as gimmicky as this, that pervades the entire structure of the story. Again, it's storybook. That's, that's a thing. Um, But like that, that is the way you have fun with this (laughs) is, is setting up because like there are moments where it's played for drama where because everything rhymes um you know a character breaking breaking a rhyme in the last line is portrayed as really dramatic there's one know? yeah there's
0: one specific moment where i think the thing works yes at the very end
1: yeah um you know like the opposite could and should happen like that one character finally landing a rhyme should be triumphant right but it just doesn't it doesn't use it, it doesn't use uh, like every part of this, like yeah, it, it's weird. For as much as they commit to it, they they, they seem don't do very anything, lackadaisical but... about it. Imagine here, 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 article.
0: Let me posit a better way to have handled that. Like, there's a character who betrays you in this game. What if mm-hmm. they didn't rhyme? Yeah, and that was the player's cue early on that they were not part of this group. Uh huh. And then when it was revealed, it's like, oh, that entire time, like, or they only did approximate rhymes or something mm-hmm. like that, or they used the same word twice, like they only did false rhymes, right? The entire time, like that would have been a very cool way to actually use your gimmick to to, to add information
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, and characterization to the game. Yeah. And they just didn't like, and I'm not, I'm not smart. Like it, it's not, uh, you know, I'm just pulling these out of my dick. Like th- <laughs> these are, these are not things that I had to like brainstorm ways to do that better. Mm-hmm. Like these are just off the top of my head.
2: Yeah.
0: And it's just like, you know, Oh, like this, is, you know, again, when you said it feels like a draft, like, that is such a damning but accurate thing right? to what the dialogue in this feels like. It feels like a first draft.
1: I mean, it also reveals priority. What was important to them was the storybook quality of this. Again, fine. Yes. Um. But like <laughs> that's what they were attempting to do. The thing that keeps on butting in the way of of every part of that is this thing that they made that they decided on, but didn't commit to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or, or, did the, or committed to, but didn't commit to doing well. Um, huge, huge bummer. Yeah. And to, you know, to, 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 to raise this back to, how does this serve the story or you know how like how specifically did this get in the way um with a lot of disposable rpg dialogue you can kind of like scan it over or you know disregard it as you see fit but like certain important things are going to stick out i'm gonna walk up talk to this villager and it'll be like blah 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 blah. oh there's this weird guy at the bar okay well i'll go to the bar like that like Mm. that that's the takeaway from this like you kind of have to agonize over every single syllable because important stuff is is peppered throughout the structure of a given piece of dialogue in a way that actually like gives equal weight to things that are not equally important.
0: Yes. Yeah. And what that ended up meaning for me was that, uh, I checked out, uh, probably about two thirds of the way through the game, Mm -hmm. like, because it wasn't going to be complicated enough to where I was like, I felt like I got it Mm -hmm. pretty early on. Um, and, getting the actual specific details, I was never rewarded and was more work than I needed Right, for it. So it is, uh, you know, and again, like when you bring this up as, as crimson trout, I don't want to turn this into a Pokemon fight. No, but like that dialogue, you know, at the very least, as much as it was kind of a pastiche thing, like also had a gimmick, right? Like it was going for this like D and D party kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like, Oh, you know, like these characters, like these are characters, like this reveals character. Mm hmm. You know, like it is not uh, this gimmick, this kind of
1: like this dialogue that is kind of stylized does something. Yeah. You like know, it, in, like in contrast, it, it accomplishes something like that can be, you know, it, it, it would probably be a fair criticism to say that we are bigger fans of the D&D aesthetic and that buys a lot of credit. I think that yeah. I think that if you're if you're comparing the two, um, you know, again, this is that this isn't a Pokemon thing. One accomplishes the function of being a story you can read in a game and the other one gets in its own way. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah. And ultimately ends up being a story that is a – like I I had many times where I was thinking about this where I was like, oh, this is like a game for little kids. Mm -hmm. Like the reason why I think this is boring and not a good story is because it would be like if I read Goodnight Moon and was expecting some kind of nuance or interest from it. Right. You know? Um, And the difference – there's a reason why children's books are 10 pages though. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, so like when you stretch out a story for kids to being 15 hours, which I think is about was my final play clock on this, mm-hmm. um, then it 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 breaks under its own weight. Yeah. You know, and that happens many times, not just on the micro level with the dialogue, but many times in the macro level as well, where like there is like chapter nine of this this game uh-huh. needed to be excised. Yep. Like any <laughs> any editor would say this little side thing to this water village with this ogre, like uh-huh. the, this repeat boss fight has no place right in this game. Like, you know, so even on the bigger points, like it doesn't, it's, it struggles under, under its own weight of its premise of a story tale or a fairy tale being stretched out mm-hmm. to an obscene
2: length.
1: Yeah. I, I can understand. I can, I can, I can sympathize with a point of view that says something straightforward and simple um, is kind of refreshing or comforting. You know, I, 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 I personally acknowledge the appeal, but don't feel it sincerely. They, they're called Paper Mario games like they <laughs> exist, but they're funny and charming. Right.
0: You know, like it is if you're going to be that kind of simple, you have to be something more, you know, yeah. and there are people who find these characters like funny and charming, like, mm-hmm. you know, TV tropes, evidence like there are people who are just like in love with these guys. I don't see it. Right. I mean, so, I, I, in,
1: I acknowledge moments, but like as as a whole, not not really like I'm more yeah. interested in how they play out mechanically.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that, that is definitely as much as I have some problems with it, like that is the strength of this game. Right. Like it is, it is the better part. Mm -hmm. Like it's still, it's still not my favorite thing in the world, but like it is just, but this really showed me that like, I need to have a reason to do stuff. Mm -hmm. Like even if you take a a JRPG battle system and make it relatively pretty engaging Mm -hmm. for the genre, I don't just want to play an endless string of those with no context with characters and stories. I don't care about Right. Like I need to have that reasoning. Like, I need to care about who I'm fighting and who my characters are at the very least. Like we talked about that a lot in Final Fantasy IV. Mm -hmm. you know, when we did that was like, even though some of those battles were very simple, like I was pretty invested in that melodrama. Like that is a cool little story in some ways, almost as simple Mm -hmm. as this, you know, it's like one tiny step more complicated than this, but like, I actually care about those characters. Like they're Mm -hmm. better developed, they're better sketched, you know, and I, and I'm invested in them. Right. You know, like, like the, the fiend of earth is cool in a way that a generic ogre is just not, Yeah, you know? Um, so those, those little, those little fluff bits matter. And this game does not land any fluff bits. No. Um, the main kind of navigation when you're moving around this game, it is a side scrolling, uh, game and there are kind of platforming, uh, elements to it for people listening. I apologize. There's vacuuming going on uh, upstairs upstairs, upstairs neighbors. It is nothing I can do anything about. So I apologize for that. Um, it is a side-scrolling game. Uh, you do a little bit of platforming, but mostly it's kind of like irritating stick uh, <laughs>
1: style Avoid Oh, wow. The walls. How, how long has it been since I thought about irritating stick? <laughs> Not like too long, man. You, gotta, yeah.
0: you, you always got to have irritating stick at the, the top of your
1: uh, <laughs> top of your brain cue. Yeah, it's um, like just uh, float, floating right on the surface of your reference pool. And just yes. Bam. Play that thing yep. like an unicorn. Air stick.
0: Bam, bam, bam. Air <laughs> tank stick, stick, stick. Um, so because very early on they skip the uh, side-scrolling thing of giving you a double jump and go right to flying. Right. Um, you also control a Tails miles per hour style ad. Um, this little elemental sprite named uh, Igniculus uh, with your right analog stick. Yes. And Igniculus can do uh, little things. Can manipulate objects, open treasure chests, collect items. Um, can freeze enemies in place so you can pass them. Um, and can do things in battle as well.
1: Yes. Um, And that only makes sense when you think, okay, well, there are no random encounters. You are seeing enemies that are present on the field of navigation. Yes. Uh, Moving on to just because it won't make sense to
0: bring this up in the body. um, Most of my my problems with this game are general, like uh, occur every time something comes up. Mm -hmm. Um, This is a really great game for supporting my point that having a lack of random encounters is an overrated quality in a jrpg mm-hmm. because you can avoid battles in this if you do you will run up against bosses you're underprepared for and we'll just have to go back and do them anyway right like that happened to me three or four times in this mm-hmm. where like i don't like the combat that much i'm going to avoid the, the scrub encounters mm-hmm. they may as well be mandatory like making yeah. them optional does does nothing mm-hmm. for the flow or pace of the game because you have to go back and do them Mm-hmm. Like, you will not be high enough level to get past these difficulty walls if you don't do the encounters. Yeah. So, so it's nice that you can predict them. Psychologically, I think it is a benefit, but mm-hmm. it is a benefit that I think is almost always overstated. Right. When people talk about this genre.
1: Yeah. It is balanced for you to do them all, which, um, you know, doesn't feel great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: And the biggest thing you can do is ambush enemies. Mm-hmm. So, like, being able to come at them from behind because they exist on the map and ensure that you get the first turn is the biggest strength of this mm-hmm.
1: so. yeah um i'm I'm pretty ambivalent about this, just, yeah. just just in general it's 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 fine you know we've 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 covered games that have done both. i you know I like that psychological aspect a lot, like being able to predict being able to you know take these things on in my own in my own good time when I have the willpower to do it mm-hmm. um but yeah, you know you you make a good point about ultimately it is.
0: You, you still have to do
1: them all yeah. so it doesn't what it
0: does is it means you do less battles overall mm-hmm. like you don't run into like you do a battle every two steps in final fantasy 4 this is balanced by the fact that the balance the battles are much longer uh, much tougher and longer like an average encounter in this uh, especially near the end game could easily last a few minutes right um it is not something that is breezy in any yeah. uh any sense of the word
1: and it doesn't go as far into that territory as um crimson shroud does where each battle feels like it has incredible weight to it. Like climactic.
0: Yes. Yeah. Um, they're a little bit more difficult than average at times, but it doesn't do that. It also doesn't do the thing that say like earthbound does yeah, where they start uh, really playing with a system and having enemies run away from you and kind of be agents on the map. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you go out, they just patrol on a short platform back and forth, right? Uh, almost exclusively or fly around. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Um, so battles are turn-based um, and everything is pinned to this uh, kind of initiative timeline. It's very similar to Grandia.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And uh, you you and enemies and allies both uh, move on this timeline um, kind of towards this action line. When you get to the action line, you dial in your action, and it takes a certain amount of time. It tells you whether this will be a short, medium, long, or extra long amount of time to cast. Mm-hmm. And you go down the rest of this meter. Yeah. Um, this so there's a, a bit of... okay. this is where the strategy comes in
1: yes because um both you and the enemies can be interrupted Uh, if you are attacked or if you take damage um while you are uh between the time when you dial in your action and execute it then you will be knocked backward on the timeline you know not you won't lose an entire turn it'll take you less time to get there but like a huge part of this game is managing that yes um which like is 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 one of the things in the game i think
0: that like is a move in the right direction, but doesn't work as well as I wanted it to. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's there. You will get sent in many situations where you cannot knock an enemy back and you cannot, uh, like I got, there are enemies that are fast enough, especially once they start using, um, status effects on you to where I was stuck in like a defend loop. Yeah. Like all I would, would be able to do is defend. If you defend it, uh, mitigates a certain percentage of damage. Um, and then the idea being is that when you get hit, um, you don't get knocked back mm-hmm. um, or you, autom- you you automatically restart because you're defending as your action, mm-hmm. but you don't get knocked back as fast and you go further on the timeline. You move it quicker right. on it. Um, it's not fun to defend no. in the game. Like It is not a cool thing. And you will get through things where it's like, oh, for like three turns because I'm fighting you know, a bunch of very fast enemies and they've slowed my characters, mm-hmm. um, I can just really defend if I don't want to chance being interrupted. Yeah. Um, The game gives you some tools to mitigate this. Like you can put on status effects that will prevent you from being interrupted Mm -hmm. um, or slow down the enemy or speed yourself up. But this uh, runs into and we'll we'll this is skipping ahead just a little bit, but runs into a problem I have with the action economy of this game where you only have two characters. Right. Um, So this this little like this system of uh, interrupts and defends does work a turn is so precious though it is
1: and it feels like you throw a lot of them away to manage this in a in a pretty unsatisfying way it feels like tons of them yeah Uh, again uh, ironically it feels like you're making a lot of heat and not a lot of light yes yeah yeah.
0: it's it's like uh, white you know white white light (laughs) no heat slight heat yes light slight heat uh the uh so like defending feels shitty every time you have to do it
1: mm-hmm. to me because it feels like you're throwing away it feels like you're punting
0: yes um, um there's a ben krickenberger who was involved in duckstream and is a good friend of mine who plays tabletop games with us uh-huh. um is infamous for and we we tease him about this but it is a, a good nature tease mm-hmm. is that if he has a turn in dnd that he can't do anything mm-hmm. during um he he really hates it like it is a pet peeve <laughs> for him and I was just thinking about him playing this game and it just being a literal nightmare.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like this is, this is designed to torture Ben.
0: Yes. Okay. Like it it is a Ben Krikenberger torture game because <laughs> Ben Krikenberger, torture com. Um, <laughs> because it is, uh, you just spend so much time just like throwing away this action economy. And there's not a good reason to have your party limit be two. Right. That I could figure out like the game is balanced for it, but it's, it does. It seems like it would have just been numbers to balance it for a party limit of four
1: mm-hmm. or three. Yeah. um
0: and it just it made it counteracted this the system yeah of, of counters and and interrupts it's
1: it's a it's a severe restriction that i think works against the times where this feels very good which is like it is really beneficial to have a character who has fast action that you can use to deploy against um yes. somebody you know to like save yourself in you know in the nick of time like that is a dramatic situation that also gives extra usefulness to what otherwise would be an unattractive thing which is a character who attacks fast but does very little damage a, that, yes. that, that brings additional utility um you know to you know <laughs> to, to make everybody useful and generally everybody's pretty useful in this game yes. like, like that that is a thing that is that is very much towards you know to this game's credit you know yeah. there, well, I... there there is no garbage character
0: there are no garbage characters. There's there's I've got
1: some things to say about that too when we start talking about the characters. But
0: like mm-hmm. the um I agree that everyone is useful. I agree that when this works, it works really well. I don't like that in the back third of the game they start having uh regular characters and boss characters counter interrupts with very crippling debilitation. Yes,
1: and that is the thing. Like you build the entire system around encouraging you to um interrupt. Like that is a way that you manage. Um, you know, like it's 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 defense by offense, right? yeah You know, something that doesn't happen very often, almost unilaterally. After the first couple of bosses, it becomes a bad idea to do that. You just have to soak the damage or act counter to the way the game has taught you to you know, to, to to play, because almost without fail, something terrible is going to happen that puts you at a severe disadvantage if you interrupt yes. them.
0: Yeah, and when when we talk about um soaking the damage, I guess this is a good time to put it in um because we will uh get to these when we introduce individual characters um you have you only get one character with a heal ability um you get one character uh this also plays in the action economy so i feel fine bringing this up now yeah you have uh one character who can do elemental attacks uh and, and not counting your main character is the only character who can do light attacks
1: right um this your, your, your main character can also you have you have a heal but it is you're oftentimes using her because you know you're using yes. her actions to do those, to do those light attacks. Yeah. Everyone can do potions, but there's no shop
0: in the game. Right. There's so like a limited number limited. of potions. Yeah. Yes. Um, so the way that this works, like, you can switch characters out whenever you want, which is generally best practices. Like, I, I like that, like, a Final Fantasy X-style mm-hmm. system. Uh, and you don't lose very much for doing it. No. Um, however, it means you are constantly fiddling around in those menus to make use of a full, like, diverse party. Mm-hmm. And because uh, the way elemental weaknesses work, if you have a character, like, you run into enemies where it's, like, they're weak against magic but nothing else. Mm-hmm. Um, I have two characters who can consistently do magic. Uh, if those characters are not my party or are knocked out, mm-hmm. well, fuck me, I guess. <laughs> because, again, actions are so precious. Like, resurrecting them, you know, to get their, like, half-hit points only to have them be knocked down by, by knocked down by attack because they mm-hmm. couldn't defend or do anything um, feels so bad. And when eventually it becomes a thing where it's not just magic, but like the later bosses, which are only or bosses uh, ads are only vulnerable to light attacks. Mm-hmm. Like I my main character can do light attacks. That's it. Yeah. Um, if that character dies, fuck me. Yeah. If that character isn't specced for light attacks, fuck me. Because the way the character growth works in this is you have three kind of paths that suggest builds. Mm-hmm. I specced my main character for physical attacks mm-hmm. just because I was like, OK, you know, let's do that you always have like a very basic light spell but being able to do that to multiple characters is critical right uh, and i couldn't yeah because yeah. of choices i made at the beginning of the game
1: and and the w- the way around that is you can well, we'll talk about that system later you can confer a light element onto your physical attack that is not, not a not in battle well, like, not 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 yeah. within a battle right yes. so you have to like know to do that and you know to the game's credit you can run um yeah. and also there is no penalty for death so like if you decide to tank it, go back and respack. But also again, that doesn't feel very good because you know it's like fiddling around with the menus or you know guarding. It 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 eliminates battle momentum, right? Yeah, it 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 feel it slow kills the pace.
0: Yeah. So like in battle, like if I, so. God, like, all of the issues in this web off to other issues. Mm-hmm. So, like, if an enemy is weak against light, like, I don't think this game, I think this has salt and sanctuary problem where enemies don't signal their weaknesses mm-hmm. very well. Outside of, of the obvious,
1: is, like, this enemy is blue, so I should probably yes. use lightning on them. Yeah.
0: Or this enemy is on fire. Like, yeah. that does happen sometimes. <laughs> there are lots of enemies that don't do that. Um, Some of that is colorblindness related, but still, that's valid. You know, fuck you for not, for doing that. Like, um, but, so if I go into a battle and it turns out that these characters are only weak against light. Mm-hmm um and i'm not i i'm specced for for fighting and i don't have a, a gem that adds light damage which aren't introduced until the back half of the game anyway mm-hmm. but i don't have a gem that does light damage i have to run taking any damage i took on the way to that and just kind of soaking it up um respect go into my equipment menu fiddle around mm-hmm. um those gems that do light stuff are rarer you know so like it's I, it's, I the, like... it's
1: it's the citrine so like you just have yes. to you just have to mix them together like you can make that based off of the uh Based based off of the uh, primary color gems.
0: Yeah. yeah, eventually you can you can get that, but they don't introduce them as a primary thing. So it's a resource cost, right? Thing. Uh, they don't introduce them as primary gems that you get uh, until later. You don't just find those, right? Um, so the uh, I had to go back into my menu, and that's just like so much fiddling around just to do damage to it to a creature, right? You know, and like I like prepping for boss fights. Like I like prepping for tough fights. See in all these of games. December twenty
1: seventeen. Yes. <laughs>
0: But like you, you know, a bestiary or some foreknowledge mm-hmm. of these things like there are ambush boss fights in this game. Like there are times where you enter a new area and a fucking griffin just comes down and attacks you out of nowhere. <laughs> Is it a story griffin? Is it a griffin that people in the village had talked about? Nope. It's just a griffin. Right. Um, you know, and so there's not like it just it feels bad. Like I didn't know this was coming. I have to have a very specific build to do it because I don't have build diversity or character diversity. To make this really work mm-hmm. uh, you know it it kills pacing and feels shitty right
1: like on, on a really really elemental level yeah to, um, to, to the game's credit you know like i said before the penalty for failure is not huge you just yes you're you're dumped out of battle you have all of your hp and mp back you can approach it again but like again that's a pacing problem like yes the, 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 there there are ways there are ways to handle that um you know either adaptability to certain situations um, or flexibility, you know, when working against, you know, a perfect setup, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that don't involve, you know, just outright failing to get back into it.
0: Or, do, or just, you know, like have like characters don't include so many monsters that have one weakness that one character can address. Right. Like fewer <clears throat> fewer keyholes and keys. Like that penalty, as much as there's not a huge mechanical penalty, there is a time penalty. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's a goodwill penalty. Yep. That was really significant for me. Right. Um, When I found out that like the build I had spent the entire game working towards was going to fuck me up for the last little bit, Mm -hmm. you know, of the game, like without again putting that gem onto my physical attack, which like I liked having other things on that physical attack too, (laughs) some status effects. And once I found that out, I was like really pissed. Right. Like, why present this? These are all as equal choices. Like it was, it was like a trap choice, which is a mm-hmm. thing that happens whenever there's a skill tree. It feels like, uh, right? Um, but know, it's or, like, or good like, design look, avoids that.
1: Look, look at games we love that do that. You know, your uh, your Deus Exes or your uh, your vampires, right?
0: Yeah. But even then, like if you put a bunch of points into in Deus Ex, if you buy the the swimming skill mm-hmm. or environmental adaptability, it doesn't mean you can't get past this enemy. Yeah. Like those games are games that emphasize like different ways of approach this game. You know, everything is a nail and you don't, you know, everything is a screw and you don't know whether you need your Phillips head or your flathead or your weird hex, hex screw or your Allen wrench or what have <laughs> your you. Your torques. Yeah. Your torques until you get you know, a few turns deep into the battle.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and you know, like this made me realize something, which is I think I talked about this in uh, in in Final Fantasy IV, but like I I love working against odds in a JRPG, mm-hmm. you know, battle system. Mm-hmm. You know, like those moments of drama where you just where you just barely pull it out work for me. Um, your ability to course correct or work against um, a stacked <laughs> a stacked playing field, I, like it, it exists, but it's very slim or very limited. And that two, yeah. that 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 two uh, the 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 two two party member limit in battle works against that because any setback puts you into like okay i'm scrambling i'm changing my lineup so i can uh bring in my healer to heal this one person but what happens if my healer is down um or if my Mm -hmm. healer needs to heal herself we'll have to you know (laughs) have to work some of those it's a little bit like uh like solving the uh um the, the 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 fox the chicken and the corn problem
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. you know <laughs> like, it's just it's such an incredible resource to course correct. Like even yeah. when it does give you the ability to course correct correct, at absolute best you're using half of your action economy. Right. To to make an adjustment. Mm-hmm. Um, that is just not sustainable. Like, you know, like there and there's a lot of little changes I was thinking about that would like possibly you know, I wonder if they were ever thrown up, right? Like mm-hmm. so like reviving bring you up to full HP. Mm-hmm. So like when you have to waste a turn to revise. Like, it reminds me of magic. Like, it's not taking into account the card advantage mm-hmm. part of this. Like, it's not taking about the economy. It's just the cost as far as an item. But there's another huge cost that you should be recompensed for. So, like, if you got, if you revived, like, getting full health. Or uh, if you defend and you get hit, being able to take an action immediately.
1: Mm-hmm. Rather than having to wait again. Like, there are a lot of little things I think could make this a little bit more difficult. De- yeah. Like- or having your own interrupt counters. Like, set, setting that up as a, as, a, as a function of that character. Maybe you work toward them. Um, yeah. But <laughs> put it on the skill tree because God knows the skill trees are boring enough.
0: Like put, <laughs> put cool abilities like you can get counter,
2: mm-hmm.
0: right? Like your main character can counteract things. It doesn't have to do with being interrupted, but it just has to do with like countering getting hit. I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but doing like those things where it's like, hey, every time this character gets interrupted, they, uh, you know, they haste everybody on my team. Mm-hmm. That'd be great. Like you would, it would have this interesting risk reward where like I have to pay this little bit of damage and set up this situation by carefully manipulating everyone's timelines to ensure this happens to get a powerful buff. Mm -hmm. extremely cool like that would have been a really interesting play space to play in yeah and they just did they just didn't
1: you know yeah um taking a step back to address the straw man who exists only in my head right now um (laughs) 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 i I don't like you cole um no like this may come across as us just bashing another jrpg or turn-based battle system like there are ways in which this could have been really cool or where it would have done things that i would have preferred who knows if that would have spiraled out into you know knock-on effects that would have harmed something else about it but like yes. like this is very close to being an incredibly engaging thing for me to not solving the problem but presenting a version of this turn-based combat that used this vocabulary or this uh, kind of initiative system to accomplish something really cool and i'm i'm like bummed out because like I, I see the potential for this.
0: Yeah, I do too. Like I, I think that like if if you put this up in my mind, even as it is with warts and all, up against a stock standard, you know, two two guys stand in the middle of a forest and punch each other until one of them dies. You <laughs> know, Final Fantasy I JRPG combat system. I still prefer this. Yeah. It's just not good enough to make it good. Yeah. You know, it's it's there are moments of engagement, like there are moments where it actually really works. Um, those moments were overshadowed for me by the frustration when it didn't work. Right. And those times where it didn't work, like, I really wish that, uh, steps had been taken to mitigate those. Yeah. And again, of course, this is all, again, my straw man, um, this is all subjective. I know a lot of people for whom this does work. Right. Right. Like there are people who just love the combat in this game and think it really sings. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't see it for
1: those reasons aforementioned. Right. Yeah. So I just, I, I, I want to get credit for uh, addressing the game that this is not coming at this and saying ah oh, this is a jrpg and i don't like those
0: yeah because this because is i, I don't do. i don't think we're coming off that way i think <laughs> yeah. that it is they're very specific like these are very specific criticisms about these yeah. mechanics and what they do mm-hmm. and how they make how they affect pace and how they affect uh like player feel right you know i, I think i don't think that we are just being like yeah
1: it's turn-based so it blows. <laughs> yeah i just yeah. want to i want to get out in front of that yeah, yeah. i get it yeah um So you end up kind of like working through your bench. Like once I realized, oh, like you're not just supposed to pick two characters and stick with them. Like you have your entire, you have your entire party at your, at your disposal. A lot of these fights got a bit easier for me. You know, as you, Mm -hmm. as you just churn through them and work back like this, once I realized that this game got a little bit easier, right? They also, they do
0: a, they do a thing that I do think is kind of clever is that they work leveling up into the healing kind of pace of the game Mm -hmm. because you you heal up to full when you level up and you get levels up level ups at a very like pretty brisk pace right I don't like the skill tree it doesn't feel very good to level up Mm -hmm. but it does heal your character. so like you're encouraged to use like most of your bench because it's not going to be a resource cost right you having a character come in take two hits and do a little bit of damage will ultimately be worth it because everybody shares XP and every two to three battles they're going to level up right and get all their XP all their HP back Yep. So once I found out there were no shops, I was very conservative with potions, mm-hmm. probably more so than I needed to be, Um, even though that was more due to that action economy mm-hmm. uh, thing. But realizing that I could count on full heals from Love Loves mm-hmm. was a good moment. Like, that actually works pretty well in the game. Yes.
1: Also, I didn't make a particular note of this. This is a game where you're encouraged to use everything at your disposal. Like, buff potions can make the difference for you. Um, yes. And that is a way to, you know, uh, you know, to, to the game's credit, that is a way for you to... Uh, you know, work against odds. Right. Yes. Even though like it, it feels bad to use half of my actions yep. to
0: do something like that. Like right. making item uses free, making item uses cost less of the timeline. Like maybe you only go back partway mm-hmm. when you do things like that. Like there's just, it feels like there's a lot of ways to mitigate that feeling of card disadvantage.
1: Yeah. It would almost be like, um, terms. like an AP cost kind of thing. Like certain yeah. actions only set you back. There are, um, either augments that you can put on your weapons or your gear. Like the, like the mm-hmm. oculi that will, uh, that will affect where you start on the timeline, but that's like universal, you know, everything still has the same cost.
0: And there, and there's one character who has skills based on that, who you lose right the far away through the game as well. The, um, the other thing, like you could have also made, uh, that something you work towards as well too, since this game has a, a detriment, like a, a roughness of interesting skills to use. Like what if there were passive things where it's like every time, you know, once sp- on the first action in, in a battle, you get to use a free item as well. Right. And that's a passive skill you get. Like there's just, there's so much play space they could have done to mitigate that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. and then, and just, and just didn't. So um, even though there are ways that you can do it, it never felt good to waste yeah. an action on that. I wonder what the
1: motivation for that was because a, a lot of this does feel like they are making a turn-based RPG for people who like turn-based RPGs and yes. taking, taking actions to, you know, improve that, you know, bring their own little flavor to it, but not going as far as we think they should. Because they wanted to be at least somewhat traditional with it.
0: Yeah. I think I mean I think that's part of part of what is going on. Is this is made as kind of an old school homage. Yeah.
1: Made for so, an audience that exists because this was a very successful game.
0: <laughs> it it's interesting. It's a very successful game, um, at least according to T V Tropes. so who knows, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it is something that is known to be more popular with critics than with people. Hmm. Uh, which is an interesting inversion for this type of game. Right. I would expect the opposite, yeah. um, quite honestly. But like it is, uh, that is again like I have no citation for that. You can't it, you can't cite TV tropes <laughs> as a thing. Like no, according no. to this website, this was the uh, heroic blue screen of death and blah blah. blah. But it, it was the that was very surprising to me if that mm-hmm.
1: is true. Yeah, I'm, you know? I'm I'm basing that statement. This did very well based on the reviews. You know, just yeah, in, in aggregate, this this performed very well there. Ubisoft has talked about doing more of this, so it must have been somewhat financially successful for them. And like, I heard about this a lot. Like, people people were mm-hmm. like, "Hey, I would love if you covered this." Mm-hmm.
0: You know? <laughs> I, I definitely I did not hear about it quite as much. Yeah, not that that means anything either. That's anecdotal, but like, I didn't hear about it until it became kind of on the table for until we did Crimson Shroud, right? Um, pretty much. Um, so mo- moving on. Um, uh, Igniculus is very important to uh, battles as well. Right. Um. He can move around. Um. You can use him to slow down enemies. Um. You can use him to heal party members. Um. It's very slight if you and the difficulty modes. You choose casual (laughs) or hardcore, uh, (laughs) as difficult or advanced or whatever. Um. You know, you choose hard or easy are the two that it gives you. Mm -hmm. Um. If you're on hard mode, it barely heals your party, but still maybe worth doing.
1: Mm -hmm. Um. It's like the both of them are marginal advantages. It's nice to be able to uh to thumb the scale a little bit. Yes.
0: And this can be also like a co-op player can play mm-hmm. as Igniculus if you don't want to worry about it. It feels like um, a feature
1: that was made for the Wii U gamepad, actually.
0: It was made for yeah, it's made for that, and it's made specifically. The idea was for uh, for parents pay, playing with their kids. You mm-hmm. give the kids the main control, and you control the little ad, so you can be next to them, kind of you know, telling them what to do and helping right. them out, but also doing something. Right, right. Um, I I actually like this. I like that you have this little
1: little factor you can add to to fights. Right. Here's a nit that I will pick um mm-hmm. because oftentimes you are fighting uh an enemy party composition that is like one main enemy and two uh kind of additional ones that are the, the, the same so mm-hmm. monster a and then monster b and monster b both monster b's have the same icon on the um on the timeline um i can't figure out which of the enemies i'm supposed to i'm supposed to slow like okay which of these wolves is the one that I need to use a Nicholas on to get this advantage. Oftentimes it would just be a coin flip. I would pick the wrong one. And the one that I decided not to slow would come out and interrupt me anyway. The, the game does tell
0: you that it's super subtle. Um, when you have a Nicholas on somebody, uh, I think if you're hovering over them, they like shimmer a little bit. And if you actually slow them down, they get a tiny little icon. It's pretty easy to miss. And it also huh. goes behind other icons when they move. Yeah yeah so like it, it can literally be shadowed from you yeah um but the the game does show you that it needed to be clearer
1: yeah and i you I, know i never noticed that so yeah
0: yeah I, do, I don't blame you like i don't think the game does does a good job of communicating that right um yeah so take, so. take
1: that criticism for what it's worth um
0: yeah, i mean it's still it's still a criticism <laughs> Just it's a it's a signaling criticism as opposed to you know whether they did it at all
1: you played this on pc uh i did okay yeah. I, I played this on vita so that may have also been a uh um, a deciding factor in that. Totally. Yeah. yeah I, I don't know what the differences are. Yeah. I oh, just screen resolution real estate. It was probably oh, more yeah. noticeable on the timeline. For sure. Yeah.
0: Um, you do get a lot of party members. Mm-hmm. Um, as I mentioned, uh, I think I feel like they're a little too specialized, um, because you can switch. It's not a big deal, but it does mean a lot of fiddling around in menus. Yeah. Um, they are fine. Like there are some of them I like more than others. Um, the fact that you're still getting them very late in the game, yeah. Like, I, it was very hard for me to be into them. I guess <laughs> like I would run into, like, the last, like, I would say, anybody after the mouse I was not particularly <laughs> invested in.
1: Right, right.
0: Um, So the, uh, and they're, you know, little cutesies. Um, they kind of have different personality traits. Mm-hmm. Like, they're they're mildly different. Yeah, And we'll have kind of, like, you know, specializations that are like really specialized right like you 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 have um the the dark jester jester you get
2: <laughs> um
0: is exclusively a, like a defensive buff character right so like even down to that level of granularity like it's not just buffs are on one character defensive buffs are on one character mm-hmm. positive buffs are on another character like yeah it is very specialized
1: mm-hmm. I'm, I'm i'm fine with that honestly like once i realized that switching characters was a free action you know outside mm-hmm. of the time cost and outside of the friction of fiddling with menus that's that's why
0: there's one aspect to the them being a free uh or fiddling around that i don't i didn't notice this and maybe you can answer this for me so like the fact that you're switching around party members a lot when you do a buff do you buff that slot or do you buff that character you
1: buff that character
0: so that's a bummer Mm -hmm. because if, if if you do a buff all and then you move those characters out like then they no longer have the buff
1: yeah. So like you specifically know? with Tristis, it would be like, OK, I'm going to bring this. I'm going to bring him in. He's going to exist um, to have that there and also to be like a 50 50 shot that the enemy is going to attack. This character who has really high defense anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: But if you if you were going to bring in your haste character to haste everybody, then those two. Char- so then the haste character who is there. And whoever your other person is are the recipients of that haste.
1: You would hope that there would like, be something else in addition to haste that that character would be able to, to do. Otherwise, you would use just a single target haste um, yeah. on the person who's going to be there. And see. then you would swap them out. Yeah,
0: if Doing it on the slots would have been, I'm just in ways I'm thinking of improving this, like yeah. doing it on the slots would have helped to mitigate the problem of only having two characters yeah. and having it be something that you shuffle around constantly as opposed yeah. to multiple characters.
1: And maybe that'll be a thing in Grandchild of Light. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, step stepchild of light. <laughs> no, the, yeah, the, the the stepchildren of light are the bad. The bad. Yeah, ones. that's true. Yeah.
0: What if they didn't speak in rhyme? <laughs> I like, just, you know, just like, yeah. How much cooler would that have been? Um. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you could let's you let's could... talk about this fucking skill tree.
1: Yeah. Um. This is where the Ubisoftness uh, comes through because uh you have. You know certain upgrades and certain new abilities that you get on these on these lines, right? But those mm-hmm. are um few and far between kind of small little like here are percentage buffs or here is like an additional defense point,
0: yeah, um, like very very, very minor stat upgrades, which cost level, which is fine. this is what that's why happens in skill trees. The biggest thing that I have a problem with this is they start off going in three different directions. Mm-hmm. like each character has three different builds it's suggesting. like that's what that communicates to me. Um, you know, I'm going to do a healer jester. I'm going to do a hit all quick attack jester, mm-hmm. you know, et cetera. Um, these ca- like, so one, the elemental character that you have.
1: Oh, I think I was, I'm happy you brought this up because this yeah, is my biggest complaint.
0: This is such bullshit. The three different branches are the three different elements. Right. So so I, like you can choose to be good against
1: one yep. Uh, element. <laughs> yep. One. Or you can just like spread them out evenly and, you know, hope that that's okay,
0: and get to the second level, which is a better attack. It doesn't attack all right. I can't remember which one it comes first, if it's all or the stronger attack. But you're making that choice like you're either and doing it to all is incredibly important. Like spell attacks against all are very important because of the bosses you talked about, which are often a big character with two ads. Those two the ads that show up are not like uh, uh, Scarmiglion with his. Is zombies mm-hmm. like they're tough yeah they have like they are tanky but yeah they, um,
1: they, they will often be the hard part of the fight
0: yes <laughs> uh, once you get them done like it's it's you know which to me speaks of like a balance issue in general but like once you get the ads done the fights tend to be pretty trivial um being able to hit both those ads that are weak against an element at the same time is really really critical
2: mm-hmm.
0: like that will make a very big difference and you get to choose one right that you can consistently do that or you can do all of them very late in the game um splitting those up into elements but which way there's not a way that you could have split that character into three builds Mm -hmm. you know you couldn't have made uh elemental strength be part of each build you're always going to be making a choice it just making that character choose an element to specialize in while no other character can do elemental attacks outside of gem augmentations was a, a a boneheaded move right um and ended up being very frustrating to me
1: yep and other characters um you can hobble their usefulness by specializing in something that is either addressed by a different character or um, specializing in something that will be of dubious usefulness. Yeah. Um, like, like God help you.
0: If you make you the archer, you take him down the the antidote path, <laughs> you know, like he's the one person who can learn antidote for no particular reason. And you can make him like, Oh, I can actually heal all poison from everybody at mm-hmm. once. Um, I got poison maybe twice in the game. Right. So it, it never happens. Um, so they're just like, it didn't, they didn't do a good job of making all builds viable right? and they make you specialize with characters that you should not have to specialize with.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: So, yeah. So that's a bummer. It is, it is a, it is a big bummer and you know, uh, games that have these kind of, so when you play final fantasy 10, you also have these little paths you go down. Um, but they're not, you know, the path for Lulu isn't like choose a, choose a fireball. You know, right. they also they diversify her and make her have debuffs or have non-elemental spells and things like that. Mm-hmm. It's because of this, like, adherence to simplicity and making this game kind of, you know, for kids that they keep it really simple that I think this is from. Right. Like, if each of these characters had a lot more depth, there'd be more room for usefulness in all three of these branches. Mm-hmm. Um, there just isn't. No. So, <laughs> I, I, I did not feel final fantasy X, have always like i've oftentimes held up as a game where i felt really cool leveling up most times Mm -hmm. like you level up very frequently in that game um and you're making a cool choice and i remember you know really liking that choice Mm -hmm. you know and and having a cool like i did not feel good about leveling up in this game it was a chore like i would i would oftentimes go to my menu and see like oh i have like seven levels up yeah uh saved up i guess i might as well spend these you know like Just hit them all. Like, it never felt good.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, like, I would consciously, like, wait a couple of level ups before I went in because, like, you know, going to a menu wasn't a free action. Call me lazy if you want. Many have. Um, But, like, you know, a level up should be, like, this is a party. You know, like, this is going to make a huge difference. I shouldn't be, like, accruing a backlog so I could go in and make sure that this venture into the skill tree will pull back some fruit. That I think yeah. is worth is worth the effort.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it, it's it's a pacing thing, right? Yeah. Like it is, you know, and and you can call us out for complaining
1: about these little small things that all affect the pace. But those add up. Yeah, it's cumulative. You know, any yeah. one of these can be trifling, but like understand that this is a death by a thousand cuts kind of thing.
0: Yes. And that I mean, that that is a good way to put how I kind of feel about the game in general. Like right. none of these things are a death knell in and of themselves.
1: Mm -hmm. And and, and all of it adds up depending on your individual value values as a thing that maybe, you know, as an experience that you like and the the things that are annoying, you can just kind of ignore and brush aside because the rest of it kind of works, works for you. Totally. The the problem is if, if all of this is heaping on, then it becomes a real drag. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not super
0: sensitive to any of these things. Right. Like any of these individual things would not be, you know, other than the rhyming.
1: Like, I think that is (laughs) actually a thing that. (laughs) That's
0: a big thing. That makes me very mad, but if that was not a thing, all mechanical, like mechanically, I think this game does better than it does narratively, uh-huh. and uh, no, none of these individual things are literally like an assassin's bullet directly to the heart right. of the game. But they do add up to something that I think is, do not resuscitate beyond, <laughs> uh, you know, beyond resuscitation. Right. So.
1: Yeah. Um, you can further specialize um, by using these items called Stardust. Um, that are pretty common throughout the world that are just consumables that will give a particular stat uh, and an upgrade. Um, mm-hmm. These are these are not all just like plus one. It depends on the stats. Some of them are plus three plus four. Uh, for me, I was like, well, if everybody's is going to be so specialized, I would look at each character and say, what is your highest stat? And then give them more of that, because mm-hmm. like if they're going to be rock stars in one particular genre, I want them to be the best in that genre. Right.
0: I, I yeah. Yeah, I, I mostly gave these to my main character. Okay. Because she, w- I, I leaned on her a lot up until the game switched gears and said, like, hey, you haven't been doing enough points into light spells, uh-huh. so fuck you. But, like, when I was just using her for physical attacks, she was very, you know, useful for me, so I put most of these on her. Right. Not all of them, but most of them. Partly yeah. also because, like, I had a hard time getting into any of the characters, you know, and, like, not that that really matters from a tactical sense, but, like, you know, it was hard for me to get invested in any of them, so it was hard for me to want to 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 want good things for them yeah yeah, to want them to to succeed in life or or have cookies you know like i didn't it's like you know i don't really like this gnome very much so i don't really care if he succeeds in life or lives or dies so (laughs) oh poor finn yeah i mean finn's fine on the the curve he's solidly in the top half of child of light characters (laughs) putting him you know a straight up like c minus in the world of characters so um More so kind of again going into like a major bone I have to pick with this uh, is what they do for gear uh, in this. Mm -hmm. So instead of um, having named gear, you have three slots for these things called oculi. Um, These are gems that you can give uh, that will give you kind of combat advantages or elemental affinities, depending on which slot they're in. They're kind of contextual. Um, This feeds into this crafting system where you combine gems to create better gems or you mix colors to create gems. The thing that bums me out about this game is that it has uh, such an opposite uh bloodborne problem of treasure chaff, <laughs> where you, very late in the game, um, in the last dungeon, or second-to-last dungeon at the very least, you find treasure chests that are just one or two of the base-level shitty gems that you find in the beginning of the game. Mm-hmm. They always give you the work of finding a lot of stuff and combining it in this menu. Right. The reason being is you can combine these colors and kind of specify things but it never feels good. Right. It happens constantly. Like you never feel like, Oh, I did a cool thing and I found a cool treasure.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I did not once feel excited about opening a treasure chest in
1: this game. <laughs> because inside it's going to be a menu chore.
0: And it, yeah. it be inside is a menu chore. It's three of the lowest level rubies mm-hmm. that I have to go in and fuck around with the menu to make useful. Yeah. Um, it just, and the, the whole game does that. Like if, if treasure, if it started out that way to give you a base and then as you went, you got higher value stuff, mm-hmm. you know, like how video games work. Like, that would have been fine. Mm -hmm. But you do not get better treasure the further you get into this game. Right. With a couple of exceptions. You'll get some rare gems Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes. But, like, it just ended up being, you know, and the fact that um, Aniculus can open treasure chests for you made a lot of times when they're guarded um, (laughs) not really work either. Like, the idea being, yeah, like, you just have him go yoink it. If there's one where you have to pull a lever, which like fire, there are two different ways to open treasure chests in this game. But if there's one where you pull a lever, you can also make Aniculus freeze the enemy so you can go pull the lever. Yeah. If you don't want to fight them, but you do have to fight them because if you don't fight them, you'll be underpowered for the boss because of the ads and the combat system, et cetera, et cetera. Every problem runs into another problem. Mm-hmm. But like it just didn't feel good getting things. Didn't yeah. feel good leveling up, didn't feel good getting things. So like advancement, which is a big part of RPGs, right? Like mm-hmm. If you like RPGs, a big part of it you like is starting out really weak and ending really strong. Did not feel good in this game for me.
1: Yeah. So. No, I I, I agree. Like I yeah. I ended up being okay with this system on principle. Like, um, you know, just kind of using that, using individual gems to like, you know, design a character and you know further specialize them. I got into I got into specializing them. I did not relish those times where it's like, all right, I've got thirty sapphires. 30 rubies and 30 emeralds let's make something out of this um the menu chores were not were not, were not that great for uh, me how much did you like
0: unequipping all of your characters so you could have a base level uh so you could work with your entire field of gems not very much every single time and then re-equipping <laughs> them every single time yeah so like the game and again if they would have just made your crafting uh thing like give you a little warning but say like you're pulling from something that's equipped mm-hmm. you know give you your entire base every time because like unequipping to get my base level to get everything leveled up uh, and refined to the highest level. Like it happens quick, but I, at, by the end of the game, you have what? Nine characters. (laughs) Yeah. Like it happens quick in the beginning, but Jesus Christ. Yeah. And you're encouraged to use them all. Like these aren't benched.
1: No. You know? So, so so you want all of them to have, you, (laughs) you need to make considered choices for all of them. Yes. Yeah. So like, I think this is a fine idea um, that is executed poorly and has costs uh, that or or incurs costs on other things uh, about the game you know that make it less of the kind of jrpg that i like you know yeah yeah i a good you
0: know a fine idea that it was poorly executed which is child dot text for me
1: <laughs> right yeah um so this game is kind of i have nowhere else to put this this is a bit of a non sequitur uh the game is scattered uh with these small notes called confessions which kind of outline the history of the world these are fine. I ended up just like pulling up a big list of them um, as opposed to collecting them and reading them piecemeal. Like mm-hmm. the idea is cool that people are sucked into this fantasy world from all different times. Um, yeah, the, the the
0: twist is kind of a Final Fantasy Tactics Advance. Yes. Kind of thing. Like there's a character using modern slang and, and stuff that is involved mm-hmm. in this world. That's maybe a neat idea that I don't yeah. didn't do like a whole lot with
1: you know no it's 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 like a neat thing to know i know that if we didn't mention it it would be it would be brought up as like oh here's this cool thing that is an instance where like the modern person who wrote this uh who who, who, wrote, who writes these doesn't rhyme they just they, yeah. they they write it out as though it's prose so, yeah there's the subversion yep. the single one
0: <laughs> yeah the, the, there's the subversion it's also meant to be kind of a collectible right you know like they're just around they're kind of hidden um i didn't find the pros in them particularly noteworthy or good yeah uh, you know, not as bad as the rhyming stuff, but it's like I didn't find them that interesting. So yeah. it didn't it's, feel like I was getting a treat when I found them. It's like no it's treats. Cons- like I need treats. <laughs> give me treats, <laughs> this, damn it! was this game like eating like a, a a bag of saltines I
1: found in a wheel well? Like, give me <laughs> treats. Like I need treats, treats. Oh man, because <laughs> stop yes. saying treats. You're gonna make Roars upset. I know.
0: <laughs> I just looked back to see if he was. Coming, but he's sleeping
1: okay um,
0: the uh but like man it just you know nothing felt like a treat yeah i play games for treats i'm a good boy <laughs> and i get treats
1: um, <laughs> but the game's pretty oh um, it's very pretty yeah <laughs> like <laughs> it, i, I that, think like i think universally everything that's done in this ubi art engine looks really good like even the yeah. rayman games which you know take or leave the cartooniness of them um mm-hmm. it's 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 pretty and it sounds good that's quite pleasant
0: <laughs> yeah it is, and it's it's interesting because I didn't know that I had already played an Ubisoft Ubiart engine game in Valiant Hearts, which is another game I think is not good enough. Right. Um, you know, it's kind of interesting, but is also a game I think the aesthetics are really nice for. Yeah, yeah. Like they, they've they've made an aesthetic engine and have not put any good games in it. <laughs> right.
1: Um, I mean, the Rayman games might be. Fine. Oh, they're, they're, those, they're but they're they're good platformers. They're actually they're actually really solid.
0: I believe it. Yeah. Um, you know, those, those have a good reputation for it. But between this and Valiant Hearts, like, there's a third one too um that is uh in this engine that oh I it's like a about. gravity
1: falls game i think i looked this yeah. up earlier yeah, <laughs> yeah. um and,
0: this, and the soundtrack is is nice like the actual main theme to the the open the first world that you're in mm-hmm. is like is
1: very pleasant and, yeah. and sweet there's a there's a good leitmotif that is actually part of the story that i think is uh mm-hmm. used very used very well mm-hmm. yeah yeah um so <laughs> something that i didn't expect that i you know kind of pulled up this game is the brainchild of the creative director and writer behind far cry three. It's pretty surprising. Yeah, I know
0: <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it, it's, uh, not like I, I have not, uh, I've only played a little bit of far cry three. I played more blood dragon. There's uh, like another game. I didn't particularly like very much. Uh, but that's the only thing they have in common. Like they are, yeah. they are games. I don't like very much in
1: very different ways. <laughs> right. So. It's aesthetically very different. That seems yeah. worth noting. Yeah. Um, 100%. Yeah. Like we said this was received pretty well by critics, uh kind of, you know, looked at as the, you know, an indie-esque effort by a large studio that was designed as a throwback. Uh you know, it was very unexpected to come out of to come out of Ubisoft.
0: Mhm. Yeah, and and I'm I'm down for that. Yeah. As a thing, like I like the idea of big studios letting these people make these little kind of passion projects that are a little weirder and more unique.
1: It's something Ubisoft used to do a lot more of. Yeah. Yep.
0: Yeah before they they started making the Ubisoft game. Right. And like, I, I I appreciate it as a thing. I just wish that the results were a little bit better. Um, but they're going to do, they're going to get another shot at it. I don't know if I'll be here for it, but they are playing you more with the setting and style of game. The, uh, the writer released a, like a little novella that bridges the gap, like that goes back to, uh, it revisits the characters, Mm -hmm. um, like, you know, a hundred years or something after the events of this game. Um, so they, they are making like kind of an extended universe. Right. this, Um, which is like, it's there if you want it, you know, I, I, I like pulled that thing up just to look at it Mm -hmm. and then immediately started reading it and I was like, oh yeah, (laughs) <laughs> these guys
1: yeah, <laughs> these guys yeah um it's it's this again okay yeah, yeah. There,
0: there's not going to be a treat at the end of this for gary gary
1: <laughs> <I can't laughs> quit saying treat i'm so concerned about roars <laughs>
0: yeah i just like I, I i think that actually is a drill thing but the i like i am a gamer and i eat treats it's <laughs> yeah. just like a real funny phrase in my head right now for some reason yeah um so
2: yeah. so let's
0: uh, let's get into it and you know keep in mind you know this is most of the time you spend in this game uh is in kind of long battles we covered most of this during generalities yes so we're gonna hit the plot on this um i'm also gonna mea culpa this a little bit uh the last couple of chapters of this i get real fuzzy on because i was speed running and trying to finish it as fast as fucking possible
2: <laughs> right. uh,
0: because i there were no treats in sight and i needed a treat so i uh was really really pushing so i barely paid attention I got you, um, Gary. It's fine. Okay, I appreciate that. Um, so just letting people know that, like, I am uh, ignorant of most of the end of this game. I got to it. I saw the credits. I got to the one effective use of the rhyme, <laughs> but I did not, uh, was not paying attention to what was happening. Right.
1: No. Um, so the setup for this is established in one of these stained glass cutscenes, which I think are you know, pretty, again, pretty pleasant. Doesn't make me feel anything, but pretty pleasant. Yeah. Um, set up as, you know, the story begins on Good Friday in 1895. Um, In a duchy within Austria, Uh, this duke's daughter, Aurora, uh, dies of a mysterious illness uh, shortly after he remarries. Um, That's not suspicious at all. Um, She dies by kind of slowly freezing in her bed, sending her father uh, into despair. Um, However, all is not lost. She wakes up on a slab in the middle of this forest in the fabled land of Lemuria, uh, kind of alone, distraught and confused setting up what will ultimately become like a coming of age kind of story for her. You
0: know how in the last like five years or so, there's been a lot of to do about like the daddening of games yes, and stuff. When are we going to get the step of games and get a redemption for step parents <laughs> in games because they're always evil. Right. Like we, we just had that evil stepmother in uh, the Witcher three who tried to put her, her son on the throne in, in Skellige. We got this, like this evil stepmother,
1: like it is all evil stepmothers.
0: Yeah. When are we going to get the step parent redemption?
1: <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you know, given how many broken homes there are, you would think that would uh, that would ultimately happen. You know, yeah. pretty much like the closest that we got was the video game adaptation, the Telltale adaptation of the Julia Roberts movie Step Mom. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, which was a confusing way for them to take that property, yeah. and probably there was the reason why they had all those cuts. <laughs> right. Um. G- yeah. Give me. Uh,
1: give me. Give me some step. Yeah. Some step stuff.
0: <laughs> you know, looking forward yeah. to a good stepdad game, stepmom game. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um uh, anyway this leads into chapter one the girl and the firefly where Igniculus, our little sprite friend this elemental uh shows up because he is he has a task to bring aurora to the lady of the forest uh who is horrifyingly described as having skin like moths yeah <laughs> <laughs> what an unpleasant sentence yeah <laughs> I don't know what, like,
0: it's a
1: real sick burn <laughs> part.
2: <laughs> like... now,
1: now i need to warn you that's like what you say to brace somebody <laughs>
0: yeah this is you're setting up the worst possible
1: uh blind date um the uh, just like amazing personality very funny skin like moth
0: yes skin 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 like insects you know butterflies like grosser cousins Uh,
1: (laughs) you mean you mean kind of like scaly and flaky and powdery
0: yeah Ah, yeah Yeah, yes slowly wagging their wings back and forth in like breath like Mm -hmm. uh rhythms proboscis
1: we got them yeah
0: (laughs) 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 where oh you mean like uh, on your face no 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 skin just in general in general
1: terms um yeah uh, feel like a uh, like i understand what they're trying to say maybe a little bit like a, like soft yeah um you know, which you
0: get, hey cole yeah guess what guess what's an appropriate rhyme for moth cloth soft cloth soft yeah. like any of these things that are more flattering than like bug like <laughs> like i hate when i'm coming up with better rhymes for this shit like <laughs> it It is less poetic, uh-huh. but more sensible,
1: <laughs> yeah uh, you know it's just a very weird image,
0: yeah. if I read that in a poem, I would say, like you know like it happens in poetry or something like that where somebody will just say something because it sounds kind of lyrical, yeah, yeah, but then when you actually think about it, you're like, oh no, <laughs> you know, like that's a, like it happens all the time with similes or metaphors, you know, oh, yeah. and it somebody will make a, a reference to something that nobody knows what it's like it's this like this, mm-hmm. and I'm like. Nobody knows what that's like, though. Like, nobody <laughs> would ever put those words together. Right. Um, and there, there's something, like, there's something to cellar door appeal. Mm-hmm. But this is uh, this is not that.
1: Yeah. So, it's, it's specifically the opposite, and I can't tell if I'm just being a big baby because I hate moths.
0: Yeah, I don't know what the opposite of cellar, it, it's like uh like, carnal house fart
1: appeal or something like what the most,
0: like, least pleasant. <laughs> Like, you know, blood, blood, blood fart, Ted Cruz, appeal.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, like, t-
0: t- Ted Cruz, George Shart. Yeah. yeah George Shart, Ted Cruisington, Blood Fart, <laughs> the third, like whatever the opposite of cellar door, was.
2: Yep.
0: <laughs> <laughs> George Shart, Blood Fart, give me a treat. Cheese <laughs> was the bait. Uh, <laughs> So uh, this first area, like it's combat-free. It's just teaching you uh, about running and jumping, right. uh, navigation, and setting a tone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, then you hear this little
1: music, pushing some blocks, hitting some switches. Yeah, doing the the language of games. Yep, all of all of the usual platformer kind of stuff. Which I can see them subverting it when they, when you get flight, but it happens so early.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's again. It's so weird that they skip double jump. You see things that are like, oh, I can't get to that. I can't wait for me to be able to double jump. Mm -hmm. And then you immediately can fly and it turns into irritating stick.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, So kind of the centerpiece of this, what you're ultimately getting to is this gigantic tree that has a door to a shrine. Um, And this is the first of many puzzles uh, that require you to use Igniculus, using his wish power to light up and cast shadows on background elements to, you know, light up panels and things like that. Um, Puzzles real general. For this I mean, it's... like
0: yeah. It, I'm not criticizing you. I think that the game uses them in the police of puzzles, but like yeah, it's... it is a real. It's kind of a dexterity challenge.
1: It's. A, I mean, it's a uh, task, but also yeah. like you know, if you, if you get it a little bit off and you use up all the wish power, you have to just kind of like fart around <laughs> while you wait for that. Get, uh...
0: get the cool power. The cool puzzle of waiting.
1: Yep. You <laughs> get, get the puzzle of going, and getting some water. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Aurora having figured this out tells I think this light up your rear. And then there's a little break in this. <laughs> Igniculus says, Whoa, I barely know you. Yeah. Um no, kinda I, I, kind of cute. I, I just I love the idea of of every time Igniculus is lighting up, it's like a like a very intimate sexual thing and he's just kinda of taking one for the team. <laughs> yeah. <it's> just, aw. <laughs> um
0: so uh you, you cast these things on the emblem. Once you get inside the shrine, um you find a sword that is really, really uh too big for you. It's huge. Um she can barely lift it. Right. Love
1: the animation in this game, by and large. Yeah. Like that is that is a good thing. That is very pleasant to look at. Um, in this, like her selling, like swinging the sword that is way too big, big for her, is a good and charming thing. Yes, um, I like that too. Yeah.
0: And uh, it looks like a crayon, you know, or like, or like a, a pastel drawing, yeah, more or less. And and sells that really well. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> you get your kind of combat tutorial here where you fight a gargoyle. Um, the gargoyle is weak to light. Um, many enemies are they are inconsistently color coded as such. Right. Uh, and if you kill light attacks, have a chance to instantly kill enemies, it'll give you a message that says obliterated. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought this was the overkill yep. message, uh, for the longest time and then eventually figured out that it's an instant death yes. message, but yeah, you can, I think that I might have obliterated this guy, mm. um, which was very c- confusing. Like, it was just like, oh, okay. Like enemies die in one hit. Uh-uh. Uh, <laughs> nope. and, uh, after you, after you do this, it starts chapter two, the queen of light.
1: Yeah. And now combat is on the table.
0: Yes, there are enemies roaming about. All pretty easy. This game eventually, I think, does get hard, uh, weirdly enough. Like, I found this game, like, kind of difficult um, unless you're using all of your guys. Like, if you're trying to, and this isn't the game's fault. It's difficult mm-hmm. if you are resisting menu friction and just trying to get through as quick as possible, which, like, most games are. Mm-hmm. But uh, random encounters can take quite a bit of, of like, they can be dangerous, especially in near the end of the game. That's a good thing. Uh, yeah, like it. It is a good thing. It is a good thing. I just wish that the, the I was more engaged in the process. Yeah, yeah. Uh, fighting them. Like it is a good thing though that they are not tons of worthless encounters. That yeah. they are actually meaty. It's not completely throwaway. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, but they weren't treats.
1: Yeah, but but uh, <laughs> they weren't treats. They were also opportunities for all of those problems that so we land on the generalities to kind of like yes. accumulate slowly and snowball. Yes. And that's what it took me, too, because when I was getting
0: the end of this, I found myself very frustrated that the the encounters took so long. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, these are so and then I realized it wasn't because I don't like meaty, infrequent encounters. It's because I desperately want to see the credits on this game. Like, oh, yeah, it was just because it was standing in the way of me and, and my T word. Right. So <laughs> Oh,
1: was rose awake now.
0: No, I just okay. <laughs> I just feel like I'm overusing that joke. And it's, oh, okay. at some point, like it started out funny to me and you. And then it was funny for me. And still a little bit funny for me, but at some point people <laughs> listening start hating it. So like, yeah. I'm just trying to back off while I can. While the backing off is only a couple minutes. You, you know, you know what thats
1: that self awareness. I, I try. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um so yeah uh beyond the shrine is kind of this ruined castle uh it's full of these clockwork mechanisms again complicating navigation a little bit uh you know you have to pull these switches there's timing you know timed mechanisms uh either platforms that'll go away or doors that'll open um bring a little bit more texture to that you're still um gravity still applies to you um Mm -hmm. so this is one of the few times where that is kind of part of the challenge Mm
0: -hmm. yeah yeah which again goes goes away really quick. Most of the enemies here are kind of like ghost enemies or they are like dark kind of spirity looking mm-hmm. enemies. Um, and you're, the kind of centerpiece here as you're moving through is the centerpiece room with this large stained glass window with the Lady of the Woods uh, in it. And you have to another kind of uh, like something that's a little bit more of a puzzle than usual. Um, you have to rotate these array of colored glasses in order to cast these spotlights on specific gems to break the seal. Yeah. Um, I
1: believe there's like some color mixing.
0: Um, in this yes. as well,,
1: uh, which is good. foreshadowing
0: like, the oculi.
1: yes, so. that is good. I, I like that as a as a little bit of uh, um you know synchronicity between those two concepts. Mm-hmm. um yeah, so this breaks the seal um and the <laughs> to celebrate this, you are uh, beset by these two headless statues. and this is your first um proper boss fight, yes, yeah, um, so it's two, it's two v one. you don't have your
0: second party member here. Um, and these are big and strong. Um, they don't do a whole lot of damage, but you have to uh, hit them a lot. Right. Um, I think one of them is, has a lot of HP. One of them is weak <laughs> to magic mm-hmm. is kind of the way they, they articulate. Um, again, the game doesn't communicate this to you. This is something that like I found in research mm-hmm. afterwards. Yeah. Um, but because you're outnumbered here, it is a really good idea to do interrupts. Right. Here And get in some damage while also reducing the amount of damage you take.
1: You know, reducing the number of turns that they can get against you. Mm. Yeah. It is mm-hmm. a good expression of that idea. Yes. Yeah. Um, after this, the Lady of the Forest appears, you know, starting this cutscene that gives you more of the backstory, right? Explaining how the Queen of Light, who once ruled over this land, you know, justly, belovedly, uh, has been usurped by uh, this dark sorceress named Umbra. Um, and Umbra has, uh, sent her daughters out to collect all the sources of light in Lemuria, specifically these three artifacts, the sun, the moon, and the stars. And my charge, you know, what is, uh, been given to me here by the lady of the forest is to go and stop them to collect the light and return it. Yes. Um, so they give you a crown, uh, at this
0: point, the lady gives you a crown, uh, which lets you fly. And there's also this thing where it's like, you cannot die as long as you have the crown, mm-hmm. uh, is the idea. And then uh, it also lets you fly, um, which, again, changes things from a platformer to irritating stick. And then a a flute, which you're like, what can I do with this flute? Foreshadowing that you'll use the flute a lot.
1: Yep. An ordinary flute, which is mostly used to comfort people. Yes. Yep. Yes. Um,
0: So the next place you have to go kind of making your way through here is to the Tree of Thorns to the west. So you're going to recover the lights uh, from what's known as the highest of high and the lowest of low. Right. Are the two two places you're going to on your quests?
1: One bell above, one bell below.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: Um, and this starts Chapter Three into the West. Right. So this takes place back in the same forest that we uh, that we passed over. At least the first mm-hmm. part of it does. Except so now that we can fly, we are above the tree line, and we can kind of see, um, you know, this awesome background that happens to you know be spread out behind you. I think you spend a lot, <laughs> a little bit too much time in like enchanted slash spooky forests for my taste. There is a good amount of variety to the setting in this, I, I believe, and this does something that a lot of games, I think, you know, don't handle as well, which is it presents a wide dynamic range of um, kind of bright and dark and color. I mm-hmm. think that, like, you know, the visual design of this game is on point in a way that is very rare.
0: Yeah, like everything, everything looks fine. It's always hard for me to be that interested, but I'm not interested in what I'm doing yeah, in the yeah. places, but they do look cool. I will, I will give it that. And it's actually kind of like, really, on we kind of pass over it, I think it's in the last chapter. Like, you see a, like this titan walking in the background. Like, there is a sense of mystery yeah. to this kind of world that is interesting, but the game fails to explore it. Right. So there is this kind of sense of scale and presence to a lot of these places and history mm-hmm. um, that just is kind of left on the table. Yeah. You know, uh, which kind of bums me out. The other thing that you're going to do here that's not like in the notes, but you're going to go back and get all the treasures you didn't get. Right which this was the first time this early in the game that I was dissatisfied with treasure where I was like, mm-hmm. man, it is a real bummer to go through all of this kind of work to get one Ruby, <laughs> um, you know, and just comb this area. But I was being vigilant because I wanted cool ups and cause I like treasure, um, outside of this, uh, this shrine. So you're kind of going through these, like, these large platforms outside the shrine, you find uh, rubella and then you slowly die from German measles. <laughs> um, also known as the three day measles. Mm. And, uh, yeah yeah you no. die because they decided to name a major character this
1: fucking rubella yeah also uh it's it's kind of funny that the your healer is named after a a, a, a disease like that yeah uh, i mean it's, c- it's kind of emphasis on kind of
0: <laughs> i mean is the like the, when they don't engage in any of the irony on anything else yeah you know it's just i just feel like they like the sound of the word yeah where they needed to make it for a rhyme like something ended with umbrella Mm. and they they just decide i don't I don't trust the writers of this game <laughs> um to have made that joke on purpose, okay, yeah. you know, maybe they did, but I just i don't uh they have not earned that from me right um,
1: um so rubella uh she's your first kind of party member uh she's a jester who is looking for her brother. They were both part of the circus, and they got separated uh after the circus you know some some calamity beset it,
0: yeah, it went down the storm drain right and that's why like that's where the circus is so <laughs> you can you can head down there did i tell you i mean not to I digress i'm did i tell you i saw it no i saw it uh i really loved it it's very good it really good it's very good yeah can't wait for the um, second I, one yeah i'm i'm uh i was i was real there for it so <laughs> it's not it's not perfect like there were a couple of problems with it but i thought it was very good yeah um i liked it a lot the um so this is yeah the 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 circus went down the storm drain so uh you know Rebella they got separated looking for for her brother um, I thought Rubella was a guy when I first saw Rubella. Yeah, um, probably just like clown makeup. Yeah, so yeah. it was uh, if, if online, if I misgendered gendered Rubella is because I didn't know. Right, uh, it wasn't uh, any kind of willful thing. Um, so she's uh, she's a healer, and her attack is very low damage but quick. Right. So this is kind of your uh, hey, make sure you're doing interrupts. Yes, character.
1: Yeah, and very useful. Uh, ends up being your only healer. Uh, ends up being the only person who uh, has a skill that will revive. So it's very mm-hmm. important to... Uh, you're going to be using her a lot uh, because yeah. revive potions are some of the rarest items uh, that you can yes. get uh, relative to how often you're going to be using them. Again, because of the aforementioned uh, party restraint. Yes, because you know each party member is a key on their specific locks. Right.
0: Um, you can also use her to protect you from status effects. Um, the game, for a long time, like... I don't really like how the game uses status effects against your party mm-hmm. um, because protecting you versus status effects, uh, it lasts for a certain number of turns, uh, which is good because otherwise the enemy would just put them back on. But whenever I got status affected, it was always as a result of interrupting mm-hmm. and it usually affected the whole party. Yeah. So putting in this kind of legwork to prevent it <laughs> was like diminishing returns. Like I would put in have a uh, rubella cast protect from status effects. It lasts for four turns. Um the battle would be last way longer than that. Like it became kind of a maintenance chore mm-hmm. as opposed to something I was interested in because I would get the status effect every time an enemy happened to sneak into their interrupt zone when I was trying to sneak in some damage. Right. You know, and there are so many times where it's because of the turn-based nature, like I'm just looking down the barrel of that, like I can attack, but that's going to put this character in the, the, the zone, the counterattack zone. I may as well just eat the slow. Right. You know, Um. this is most
1: useful for paralysis. Like paralysis yeah. is is the is the devastating status effect that you want to avoid. Yeah, because um, you can't switch anybody out. Right, like it has to be their turn to switch out. You can't. Uh, well,
0: that's not true. You can switch out a party who's not. Yep. You can use the, your main character, so you can switch somebody out who's who's paralyzed, but it does just freeze them on the timeline. It is a big deal. Right.
1: Yeah. Um. Something that's good about this, you know, again, lauding a game when it does this, uh, status effects are useful against enemies. Yes. So that is that is a good thing. Um, you know, even bosses as well. Yes. That becomes even, a, a key part of your everything strategy. Less than instant death. Right. Well Right. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so with your first party member, you you know, navigate left, um, past the shrine where you awoke and you reach this giant who is blocking the way. Um, and this is your boss fight for this chapter. Uh it's a giant who comes with two large wolves because it's important that you're always outnumbered. Um and they hit very, very hard. So this is kind of telling you, that, you know, or like making you feel good. Yes, Rubella has a use here.
0: Yes. Heal heal with Rubella. Right. Um is the messaging here. So so far still so good as far as like each boss fight communicating a solid idea. Right. Yeah, I think that that's something that actually falls apart um with that aforementioned Griffin, but like here it's like it's still uh uh solid. Um, after you get past this, uh, this, and this giant, I also just want to point out like this giant isn't a character. No, no. like it is. And they repeat the giant. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so it's not, you know, you don't get any, and those headless statues weren't a character either. Like Mm -hmm. they were just monsters. Like there's a real detriment of things that you're of context in this game.
1: Yeah. For as many
0: words as it has.
1: Yes. Um, and also a detriment of like ecology or context. Yeah.
0: Yes. Even just like having, getting a little message or a bestiary entry or, Um, before would be lovely because you could prepare for the fights, but Uh even after like, yeah, would have done a lot to help investment in this world. Right. I think, which I want, um, yeah, like, I mean, I, I'd I'd rather have it than, than not, Mm -hmm. you know, like the, the way the world turned out, who knows, you know, what came first, but like the way the world, uh, played out, like, I'm not that interested in the thing. And I don't know if that's because I didn't have these little bits of investment or not.
1: Right.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Um, (laughs) Beyond the Giant is your first real irritating stick kind of puzzle because the Tree of Thorns has a bunch of, you know, winding, twisting passages uh, with thorns on the walls. So, you know, Aurora takes damage if she runs into those, putting her, you know, behind if you end up Mm -hmm. walking into. That's not that that big of a deal. I very rarely actually ran into trouble off the back of it, but you still want to avoid it.
0: Yes. Um, And it's worth uh, noting, too, that in this world there are like little sparkly gem things that'll recover your stats and stuff. And the, they have a little task associated with them. Again, puzzle is too strong, but you have to hit the little globes in the right order right. to do it. This feels like giving tales something to do more than anything. Like, yes, you know, um, they, I think that early on it says that they, maybe they lead to something. Like if you follow them, they lead the direction you're supposed to go. Um, oftentimes uh, the they would
1: lead me into encounters.
0: Yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't feel like that's true. I don't know if it actually said that or if I imagined it, yeah. or if it said something that suggested that in order to force a rhyme. Okay. So I, yeah. I don't, I don't know what happened. I, I was under that impression at some point though that they lead you where you're supposed yeah. to go. But maybe it was just where you're supposed to go to get healing or you know some other yeah. What that meant. So
1: no, yeah. Uh, oftentimes I would follow the line of them and then like an, an enemy would jump out and attack me. Um. So yes. f- fuck me for doing what the game was signaling I should do. Yeah. Yeah. Those uh, those little
0: things are not on your side. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So there's little irritating stick things. You know, you're avoiding the walls. You're kind of moving through. Um. There is a gigantic moth at the top of this chamber in a tree, which is just an optional tough encounter. We've seen moths before. Right. Um. Not just the skin moths from before. <laughs> but regular moths. Ugh, skin um, moths. No. Skin, like I've I've caught skin moths. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the anti treat. Um. So the. uh But
1: yeah, it's just like an optional fight.
0: Um. There were references when I was reading guides and material to this this next bit, but I don't have the DLC, so I didn't get this.
1: Oh, okay. Um, yeah, this is just an extra character that you can get. Um, so you find a head just, just out in the, in the middle of nowhere. It's like the beginning of uh, Blue Velvet. Uh, no, mm-hmm. you, you you find this golem's head. He speaks to you. He's real kind of wistful. Like, ah, oh, yeah, this is my this is my lot in life. Um, eventually, through talking to him, you know, over the course of several forced rhymes, um, he says, "Well, I'll, I'll, I'll join you if you find all my pieces." Um, and then you just explore the tree and pick up all of his, uh, you know, his leg and his torso and stuff. Um, and you get a new party member who has kind of limited use, uh, usefulness because he's very, very slow. Okay. Um, it's, it's a golem. So he's, he's tanky. He's there, but like, because actions are so rare anyway, um, having somebody there just to soak hits and not really do much seemed like a waste of a slot. Mm. and later on so you don't get a uh a a straight up tank until very late in the game so i can see this being useful for somebody who wants to rely on that style of play it's a nice option to have um but i didn't find him particularly particularly useful um or particularly engaging as a character
0: yeah yeah i was going to ask how uh the golem compares to the character you get later
1: i like the character you get later better
0: yeah the character you get later is pretty good like is pretty overpowered for when you get him, and is, is super useful. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I didn't did not get the goal. Um, the next uh, chapter is the deep dark well. Um, uh, beyond yeah. this tree, uh, you find a village that is populated by crows. I knew you'd like this. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. it's just like
2: crows. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just
1: well, what, if, like, what if what if there was an entire town of crows, and also there was a little crow bar, and there were these drunk crows that were kind of swaying back and forth.
0: Yeah, and they wear top hats. Yeah the um the the we ran into one of these by a cart earlier as a little bit of like crow shadowing um of the uh, of of this town made of crows i like that this was a town of crows i wish that it was just a crown of, t- crown of crows a crown of crows i wish it was a crown of those those, those thorns i wish this was just a, a town full of crows like that was the kind of surreal like the best children's media is weird and dark uh huh too like that's something that this game undercuts like if you look at something that would be exist in the world of like the dark crystal, there could just be a town full of crows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but because this is like children's media light, it's not. Right. You know? Um I I was into this too, up until the reveal.
1: Right. That, and that then these I, are all, you know, people. These are all uh like dwarves or gnomes, these capili, um, who have been transformed. Yeah. By a curse. That bums me out. But yeah.
0: I liked it when it was just a town full of crows. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so yeah uh you discover this you know pretty early on you find this you know scared young dwarf named finn uh this is your caster um who knows he can cure the village um he's standing by a well with the water of lethe down in the well but he's too afraid to go get it
0: yes um so you have to bring him down to do it uh he is a black mage has the three different elemental effects we as we mentioned you have to kind of choose which one you want to commit to right if you're building towards a build but that's uh that's finn
1: Ends up being useful, and this whole area and this boss is geared toward him. You know, yes. and that, that's something this game does. Um, you know, and, and I like it. You get a new party member, and, you know, the area where you find them or the area that comes after where you find them is tailored to them. Yes. You know? So they get their time in the spotlight. Yes. Yeah. Um, um, so yeah. the cave is mostly unremarkable. Uh, there's some time trap mechanisms that will do damage to you. Um, and this is your first real introduction to elemental versions of enemies you know, pallet swaps and stuff like that. Um, and you end up using Finn to, you know, take them down faster. Yeah. I, I ended up having a problem with MP in
2: this
0: section because of that. Like, I wanted to do this the most efficient way, but because there's no shop, I was real gun shy about using MP potions. Yep. Uh, ended up running low pretty frequently hmm. and kind of powering through. Yeah. Um, you do get MP from doing those little task things with the, the sparkly yep. gems, yep. but not a whole lot.
1: Yes you do get um, you do get mp from the pac-man traps yes pac, yeah from pac traps the um cheese <laughs> was the bait uh, the,
0: <laughs> but the uh for something that like that's something that we're going to reference for the rest of our lives and uh-huh. not everybody has gotten a chance to hear it no so you, you should if you, if you listen to this you should uh if you don't patronize us that level you should listen to the adaptation to Kayon buckner and garcia's pac-man fever because cheese uh-huh. was the bait has entered into my
1: vocabulary <laughs> i just just picture you like you like you you you've admitted that you walk around your apartment singing that to your cat
0: yeah (laughs) if i go to a restaurant too and like i order a cheeseburger (laughs) i like to sit there and stare at the thing i'm like
1: burger was (laughs) bait
0: gonna eat it before it's too late
2: Um, (laughs) gary trap gary
0: trap but uh but super super fun i don't like uh one of my least favorite puzzles and this is you know i'm not blaming coke for soda being bad for you like this game does it but all video games a lot of video games do it is the the timed like you click a button here and you have a certain amount of time to accomplish a task yeah things i don't like those puzzles i've never liked those puzzles Mm -hmm. they're worse in adventure games like when they show up in genres that don't they don't belong in it's the worst thing but (laughs) i never think those are particularly creative or cool yeah um and that's kind of what this area is about
1: yeah it's something you don't have to indulge in Yeah.
0: yeah yep yep um you get to the uh the bottom um there's a fountain with this hydra in it and you fight the hydra uh each of these three heads has an elemental aspect um so mostly you spend this time like this was the first time i rotated out aurora no. and had Rubella and Finn. Mm-hmm. Um, in order to uh, so it's not like Mario, Paper Mario, you can have two non-main uh, characters. Right, uh, and so Rubella could keep Finn alive and full up on an MP, mm-hmm. so he could attack.
1: Yeah, uh, the heads. Yep. Um, I, I was kind of the same way. I like I uh, up to this point. I mean, obviously, because I didn't have three characters before this point, I thought that Aurora was uh, necessary.
0: Like a load bearing character.
1: Yes. Yeah. Um, so that ended up working out. It's a fine boss fight. Um, again, Mm -hmm. it is, it is illustrating a, uh, uh, an aspect of this particular character gives them their time to shine. So, yes. Yeah. Um, so after you defeat this, you know, Finn has gotten the water of Lethe. Um, and he says, okay, well, you know, a thing about this world, certain bodies of water. If you look into them, you can see in the reflection, your heart's desire. And so when Aurora looks into it, she can see her father, you know, sick in bed, um, despairing over his daughter's death. That's what her desire was for—was for her father to feel real shitty. Right. More well, her desire was to know what was going going on now back know, at right? home. Just, <laughs> yeah, yeah just, just, <laughs> you're, missed, really, you're gonna miss really, me when I'm gone. Sorry.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So that and that, that's kind of setting up a central like what the game is trying to sell is the central theme right. of this game. You know. Um. So you go back to the surface. Doesn't the water of Lethe make you forget? Yeah. No, not not uh, not undo magic. What, what forced rhyme was there to make this Lethe instead of something else? I don't know.
1: Yeah.
0: Like, that's already a thing. And you exi- like <laughs> Austria, we began this game in Austria. Yeah. and le- Like, le- we, we have real-world touchstones. Yeah. Like,
1: well, Lemuria is also a thing. Like, there was this... It was a fabled lost continent in the south of the uh, the yeah. Indian Ocean. Like, uh, you know, so Lemuria is like the the land version of Atlantis.
0: Just using words, you know? <laughs> like, Lethe means something. So I was expecting, yeah. you know... I don't know. Yeah. It, that's, a nit, that's a nitpick, but I'm just... It, it is... I think that it is... You know, exhibit like double f uh, of like just kind of the low quality of writing in this
1: game. Yeah, yeah, and it doesn't use that association to subvert anything or like set yeah. you up to expect one thing and then another. Which yeah, I guess no, is the, that's the definition of subvert. subvert so yeah, <laughs> it, it is no, it, it, it's just
0: it's not used. Like it's yeah. it's on the table. Like right. that is something you could do. Uh-huh. It's something they didn't do. So yeah, classic Child <sighs> of Light dot text. Like it's that's a minor thing, but just so. I don't want anyone to say, like, oh, you complain about the writing in this game, but you didn't actually bring up any examples. Like, yeah, there are lots of examples.
1: Yeah. Either missed opportunities or times where it seems to hide behind. Well, this is for kids. Yes. yeah, yeah. Like,
0: like, It's for kids. Get it? <laughs> it's like the Hudsucker Proxy of the game, except bad. Oh, and I would play the Hudsucker Proxy of the game. Like, oh,
1: yeah. That's a very underrated Coen Brothers movie. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be a very underrated game. <laughs> like, can you imagine? <laughs> it's, it's for nobody.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's for me and you. Um, <laughs> So you get back to the surface um, and the dwarves have all had their forms restored. Mm-hmm. So you can walk around and talk to them. Like, I don't generally like the NPC dialogue in this game, but you can. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can do a side quest at this point. There are a couple of side quests. Yeah. Um, a dwarf named Avo wants you to go kill these spiders in these fields east of town. Right. Um, sometimes you get something significant for doing these. Sometimes you don't. Um, I feel like I did about half of them.
1: Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, it's It's a good way to get gems that are already leveled up yeah <laughs> so i was about to say it's less effort but you are doing a whole quest <laughs> yeah you do you do kill a lot of spiders so. right right so uh we'll remark on these when they come up but they don't end up being very consequential uh they're they're not additive they're just there if you want to do other stuff in this engine yeah yep. yeah. Chapter yeah five. chapter five an unexpected reunion so as you head out of town into this darker kind of thicker forest Um, You end up in this area that uh, is, you know, uh, the the added navigation challenges like wind tunnels or wind currents Mm. that make, you know, make it more difficult to irritating stick around. Um, You can kind of sprint like you don't have to, you know, these are timed, but you don't have to wait for them. Like a lot of times you can push through. Yes. Um, But this kind of like fades into uh, this area that is a combination of like mines and railroad trestles. It's like the area outside of Corral in, in Final Fantasy VII. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to find ways to open up these gates to proceed. You're doing a lot of like doubling back. Uh, I like navigating this area.
0: Yeah, yeah, it it is a okay. Yeah. Um, you find the kind of the centerpiece here after you make your navigation is you find this white haired woman uh, who's very tall and lithe who's sitting on the tracks. Um, this is Nora, who is Aurora's sis uh, stepsister. Right. And uh, she joins you like right away right. and talks tons of sugar about you and is like two sisters we can't be stopped, etc., mm-hmm. etc. Cetera, et cetera. In a way that is immediately
1: suspicious, (laughs) right?
0: Um, You know, so the the real message here is that step family members are not your real family. Nope, and do not care about you. That is the theming (laughs) of this game. God, step step parents and brothers do not love you. What a terrible message! (laughs) I mean, it's what happens here. There's no (laughs) way I was I was expecting a redemption for this character you know shortly after it happened like i was expecting this to be like i mean we'll get to it but when we get to the turn i was expecting it not to take for this character
1: because we had spent all the time together right uh nope no uh, so very <laughs> well, funny you, you spend a lot of time with her and she's also very powerful she's over leveled for this portion of the game yeah. um and uh, her main attack deals paralysis which is op as all hell um not op like you know Ron like howard, Andy. right yeah. yeah no but just so like, you know very overpowered uh overpowered like Rod howard um <laughs> and uh most of her skills end up being used for uh timeline manipulation spoiler you don't want to invest a lot of stardust in her because she's gonna go away she is yes. the she is the stock character who will betray you yes um and yeah
0: you, you know it, it like it signals that fine right like i didn't put tons of i didn't give her stardust or anything like that like it signals it, it's kind of a bum move to do that. You know? Yeah. Um I like Final Fantasy Seven does that as well, but there aren't a lot of permanent upgrades. Right. You can right. make their just kind of levels You get their it materia happens. back, yeah. Yeah, you get the materia back, exactly. So um I don't know if you get the gems back uh, that you put on her when it happens, but
1: you yeah, have, who knows? You you have to. I, I, I would I'll give the game the benefit of the doubt and say they will give it back.
0: Yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully so. <laughs> yeah. Um so, uh, you don't get a boss in this chapter, but you do spend a lot of time doing these kind of, like, platforming yeah. type things. Like, there are mines, like, and more than just irritating stick, like, there are lava pits where, uh, uh, fireballs jump up and down. Yeah. So, you, uh, kind of navigate those, yeah, like, so a, you, a
1: Mario Brothers. Yeah, you have to, you have to keep an eye on yes. the fireballs. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, this moves on to chapter six of Mice and Magna. <laughs> um, I like this. This is, this is cute and charming. So, to get you know in your in your path you cross over this gigantic mountain that has this like you know, human like face you know so sort of like mm-hmm. this, is this a Mount Rushmore for some kind of person no it's like a titan like you eventually end up talking to it but you get to this bustling city that is full of these merchant mice um, you know they're all business people um they're uh, the, the town is called Populi I think the people are called Populi as well um, and everyone is worried about this ongoing recession yes
0: um.
1: You kind of move through here. You can talk to characters, uh, check them out,
0: etc. cetera. Um, they're mice. I think that these guys are cute. Yep, mice are cute. Mice in dressed up as Robin Hood are cute. <laughs> um, there is uh, like a FedEx quest here um, that I, you know, I never like those. I don't like them in Link's Awakening, <laughs> like which is like oftentimes held up as the good one. I hate that quest in Link's Awakening. Like this is another kind of trope of the genre that I think is pretty bad. Right. Um, but it's just you know uh, essentially like can you do the trade the paperclip for a, a house thing. Um, and it's it's expressed as such, like it's expressed as like, you know, you talk to a grumpy person who is like, if you can eventually trade this for gold, mm-hmm. then then I'll give you help or whatever. I didn't right. do this. Do you know what you get for it?
1: No, I think you okay. get more gems. <laughs> yeah. I, I,
0: yeah. Like, I mean, the, the treasure vocabulary in this is very limited. So yeah. it's got to be gems. Um, it's so. Scalloping gems.
1: <laughs> Less somebody think like, oh, these guys are shirking their duty or whatever. I didn't see this quest until I was looking at a walkthrough oh. to piece the notes together. So I, I have mean, no like, idea. Like I, I didn't find
0: it. Yeah, and I, I was shirking my duty, but this it was bad duty. Like I, I saw this and I'm like, oh, I'm not gonna go back and forth and do a FedEx quest. Like spoiler alert, when we do Link's Awakening, someday I'm not gonna do it there either. Like I don't <laughs> I don't like those quests. Right. Um, the uh so deep kind of in town, um, you find this mouse named Robert, uh, who is my uh my, my favorite companion. Oh, he's
1: MVP, MVP for sure.
0: Yeah, MVP companion, um, who's just real cute. <laughs> um, he's uh, he's attempting to to woo the socialite named Margaret, and she is rejecting uh, his advances.
1: Right. So, um, <laughs> seemingly uh, at a lack for other things to do, you know, he decides to join us to help out. Like saying, so like, yeah, you know, you, you want to get to the highest of the high, um, Magna can help you get up there. We just need to go go, go make an appeal. Um, yes. So he joins. Uh, Robert is our Archer. Um, uh, he starts out and he's immediately very attractive as a party member because his default skill has an attack all like yes. he will, you know, it, it takes a while to charge up, but he can, uh, lay damage on everybody. And Robert is yes. a, a person who really benefits from having, um, the Oculi on that, uh, deal elemental damage to whatever place here, you know, <laughs> whatever the elemental weakness of an area is. Yeah. And,
0: you know, other abilities like uh, really high evasion, Mm -hmm. um, high critical thing, like kind of your dexterity character. Yeah. Um, So uh, you go – the way to get to the highest of the high, um, you wake up uh, Magna, this gigantic face, um, is is this giant that the city is on its back. Um, it's kind of interesting. You know, this is kind of cute. Also, the the way that the reason why they built the city on the back is because when and the reason why they're in this recession is because Magna is sleeping, mm-hmm. and they usually use it to trade. Like rather than sending out caravans, their <laughs> town moves around and they trade. Like it is a mercantile race. Right. Um, kind of cool. Like mm-hmm. I, I I I can get down with that. Thumbs up. Um, but he he's not moving. Um, he'll help you, but you have to find uh find out because Magna's uh, heart is sick um so you have to go inside and find out what's wrong yeah what's wrong and it turns out he's got a bad case of spider heart <laughs> oh god so, not heart spiders <laughs> he's got heart spiders like what killed my dog <laughs> um, heart heart spiders and moth skin yeah moth skin and heart spiders yeah um i'm gonna yeah. i'm gonna write that on the whiteboard that my the metal band practices <laughs> okay.
1: the uh so <laughs> the demand a royalty if they use it yeah they um, will this <laughs> is um, to pay to ubisoft and yeah. they will <laughs> um, I, so I'm always going to show up for a dungeon that is actually the inside of a larger bee.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah oh, I, I appreciate that this. This yeah. and it, it's this is the way this kind of works is it's like three mini bosses you have to fight before you fight a huge boss like yeah. this is fine and I was into having Robert uh, with me here like mm-hmm. Robert's a good party member like I, I did not mind this this dungeon yeah
1: yeah um three mini bosses is a little much especially when the the final boss fight uh is a gigantic spider and then two of the two of those mini bosses yeah yeah. (laughs) um a little gratuitous yes um so this is where they introduce the bosses with the interrupt
0: coner. so we're at chapter six of ten so it's about halfway through they are subverting the thing that they've taught you to do the entire game uh too early for my blood Mm Hmm. um and this is training you. This is the first fight where it's like, kill all the the, the flank, you know, the adds, um because by that point, you can tank whatever the gimmick of the main character is. Right. And those adds are tanky as hell, <laughs> uh, which is true here as well. Yes.
1: Uh, the interrupt counter here is just a straight up counter. Um, mm-hmm. Whoever attacked it and interrupted the, the gigantic spider will just suffer a lot of damage. So yes, uh, it's touching the stove. Yeah. Uh, the spider can hit everybody at once as well. Yeah. Which is a, a big deal. Yes. So, um, having freed the heart up, uh, you, you know, have also opened the way to the, uh, vault that is within Magnus heart. Um, the, that's not uh, a metaphor. Like... <laughs> <laughs> right. It's, it's an actual vault. This is where the, uh, the, the, the city has kept its wealth. So not only are they, uh, suffering this economic hardship because they can't go to people to trade with also all of their, all of their wealth is locked away. This was Robert's intention and coming here is uh, like okay. Well, we're good, like uh, I'm going to impress Margaret. I'm going to impress this the socialite uh, by basically solving the entire city's woes. Um, because he wants a job. It's right. like he's trying to become comptroller or something like that. Yeah. Like it's very specific. Uh, the ombudsman. Yeah. 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 So yeah, she's unimpressed, and Robert, having nothing to live for in the city, decides to come with you as well. Um, it should be noted, like. a a, a lot of these uh, uh, kind of different, uh, different party members are optional. Like you can decide not to do the rest of this quest. There's no reason not to, but like you can miss some of these characters by not doing their quest. Yeah. Getting a a party member is a reward that does
0: not feel optional. Right. Uh, Especially given like how often you have to switch through Mm -hmm. through people. Yeah. So, (sighs) but you can, you can do this. Yeah. you go back. Uh, she's still not impressed. You know, she does not, it's not enough for, for Margaret, um, which is, you know, kind of like a tired trope, but like, it is, you know, bad on him for trying to impress her by like getting wealthy. Like I'm not trying to get into the gender politics of child light, but I bet yeah. you it's not great. Um, so Robert, for lack of anything better to do, decides to join you <laughs> in right. your party. And that's kind of the end of Robert's character development. Like yep. he gets his little twist. And now he's your archer. And I like using him.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, so you go back up to uh, Magna's hand uh, it carries you all the way up to the to this ridge of Erin, uh, where you need to go to this huge flying temple uh, closer to the highest of the high.
1: Yes, here Um, for chapter seven, the Duke and Duchess. Yes, yeah. Um, this is kind of a cool area visually. Uh, the flying temple is actually this kind of loose, um, amalgamation of these a bunch of floating buildings. Some of them are upside down or otherwise in disarray. They're like foreground and midground elements uh, that you have to navigate. Um, yeah, and kind of. You know, the gimmick for this area is uh, archer enemies are out in full effect. Um, getting hit by an arrow doesn't do damage to, uh, to to Aurora on the field. What that does is start a battle. Yes. So
0: they can, they can pull you into encounters if you're trying to avoid them. Spoiler, don't try to avoid them because I think that, I mean, your your experience may vary. I think the next boss is a real difficulty spike. Yeah. And this is where I had to start grinding, um, which was a bummer. Uh, but they, they, they pull you in. They also in battle, they counter. Mm -hmm. as well they're like the centaur things uh and it's a bummer yeah um there are so you're kind of moving around rooming up your treasure and stuff uh there are waterfalls that kind of act as barriers they stop you from flying for a second Mm -hmm. um so you can still get through but they kind of
1: slow you down um, a little bit and this is where the rest of the circus was yeah it's like been dashed upon the rocks. <laughs> like yes. it's a fly. It's a. It, it is a flying circus that ran into a flying temple. Yes. Everybody Monty died. Python's
0: flying temple. <laughs> Monty fly,
1: Python's flying circus. <laughs> no, Monty Python's flying circus ran into the 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 stone temple that was piloted. piloted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, um. uh, yeah. Um, and this is where you find the sole survivor, Rubella's brother, Tristus, the sad clown. Yes.
0: Yes. And that that's the that's the gimmick for this this clown can rhyme but is sad. Right, um, uh, I, it was pretty hard for me to get too invested in Tristis. <laughs> yep, it's just like I,
1: I, he's a—he seems like a pallet swap version of a character you already have.
0: Yes, uh, and
1: Tristis is your positive buffs, your defensive buffs. Right. Um, um who is when who, you get—he's fine in combat himself. He has very he has a lot of HP and a lot of defense.
0: Yes. Um, You get to the top of this uh, area. This is where you get ambushed by a boss fight. Yes. Um, You get up to the temple and a griffin pops up out of nowhere uh, (laughs) and attacks you. And I think this fight is real bullshit. Like, I really (laughs) don't. I really don't like this griffin. Um, The griffin has two dark wraiths, which are only weak against light attacks. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it runs into that problem I mentioned a long time ago. Um, The griffin has an interrupt counter that slows your entire party. And she'll also
1: slow you on her own, too.
0: Yeah, which uh, like, you're getting slowed, which is devastating in this game. Yeah, Like, the action economy is already so tight that, like, having the number of actions you have is a huge deal. I was underleveled to my defense. The game gave me the impression that I could skip battles if I wanted to. Right. By making them on the field and, uh, like, literally avoidable. Mm -hmm. Like, if you make a battle avoidable, you're signaling that you can avoid it. Right. Uh, And you can't. Right. Um, I had to go back and kill all those stupid centaurs <laughs> and like fire wraiths to get yeah. high enough level to beat this. Yeah. This drove me nuts. Yeah. It, um, it, it is, it
1: is a wall. And, um, and
0: I couldn't, you know, and I couldn't attack the two dark wraiths at once because I'd specced for combat. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, eventually I could put a, that light gem on my sword, but the light gem like was not because I would used, I didn't know that I was going to be needing that. So I used up a bunch of my resources and I had a low level light gem, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Like a lot of choices I'd made with bad signaling that came before this
1: Resulted in this fight being very, very difficult. Yeah. Uh, um, and the difficulty of this fight, it, you know, it is not difficult in the particular way that would make you think, oh, I just got Tristus. I should use his abilities to get through it. Um, right. Yes, you're able to, you know, shore up defense, which can help you soak more hits, which are going to be taken because you're slowed. Uh, that was not enough for me to surmount that. Like that, uh, you know, mm. it wasn't enough to make like using Tristus that attractive in the face of the other difficulties that it presented. Yeah, Tristus' abilities are kind of similar to heal.
0: Right. You know, like it, it's 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 damage prevention. It's rather than than healing damage, it's mitigating it. Mm-hmm. Like a boss, like the ogre that you fought with Rubella would have been a good Tristus boss. Right. This boss did not feel like a Tristus boss. Even this even felt more like a Rubella boss. Because you want to avoid that status effect. But again, that's such a huge cost as far as the action economy. Mm -hmm. At first, that's what I thought because the game, you know, is like, oh, they want me to use the two jesters. Mm -hmm. So I finally reunited this team. I'm going to have one of them protect me from status effects. One of them prevent me from damage. And maybe that would have worked. It would have taken conservatively seven years.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You would would still be playing. (laughs)
0: Yeah, because you can't with either of those characters, you can't actually do damage to the wraiths really. Right. Their, their physical defense is huge. Like, it's not just, oh, you know, a physical attacks do 50 damage, but magic does 100. It's like physical attacks do seven. Right. Uh, you know, and magic attacks do 50 and light attacks do 100. Like, and they have, you know, 600 hit points or something. It's a yeah, lot.
1: They're very resilient.
0: So, super resilient. Like, I think this is a really shittily designed boss fight that made me really mad and underlined a lot of problems with this game.
1: Yeah. Um. It's also a dividing line. Like, this, <laughs> this doesn't feel like it is examining for any one particular idea or understanding of the of, of the combat like this is the first of many fights that are just like balls out this is this is what it is now you know mm. it's like it's examining, it's examining for everything yes yeah
0: bummer yeah big bummer and who is this griffin <laughs> why should i care about this griffin where did this griffin come from like yeah. it's just a griffin that literally fly like you pull your sword out and go like on hand you fiend after I get done with this, I shall go clean. And then the, the griffin comes out of nowhere, and it's like, well, I guess I'm playing a video game. Like, I, don't, like, I just I don't know what I'm supposed to fucking take from this, man. Like, just like, there
1: hadn't been a boss in a while.
0: Yeah, just resigned okay. Like, it was just, you know, all I could say about this. Yeah. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... Anyway, uh, this initiates, you know, be- beating the griffin gets you into the temple of the moon and initi- initiates a story dump. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you get in, you see another fountain or looks through and sees a you know, terrible scene. Uh, the dam outside of the kingdom is burst and the kingdom is flooding. Uh, nobody yes. can make the Duke respond to the situation. He is, you know, basically just dying of this despair. Yes. Inconsolable. Yes. Um, and at the shrine proper. You know, there's a mirror that will take Aurora back to her world. Nora says, like, hey, this is the light we're looking for. You know, let's let's go through. You know, sorry, all these other people can't come through with us, so uh issue your tier, your tearful goodbyes. Yeah. Yep. Um, and this is a trick. Yes. Uh
0: so you do so, you say goodbye to all of these characters you come to to love and tolerate. <laughs> um, and all,
1: then, all these characters you've come to move alongside. Yeah, yep. all these characters
0: you've come to collect. And uh, you get to the other side, but it's not the real world. Um, it is this massive dark tower where Aurora's stepmother and her other sister Cordelia are there. Yes. Damn that Cordelia. <laughs> and this is where Nora turns on you. Yes. Uh, this was the the, the the trap.
1: Yeah. So the stepmother, Aurora's stepmother, what are you doing here in this world? Well, it turns out that she is Umbra. Um, yes. So this incredibly sinister person that you saw in the opening cutscene, turns out she's very sinister and also the main villain of this um and she is you know kind of the leader of this small game this bloodline uh nora is nox and cordelia is crepuscula yeah <laughs> I, I, so the, the the word crepuscular i can't i can't hear that without thinking of uh that that running gag in archer where every time babu the ocelot is around people shout watch out he's crepuscular. like as though uh, <laughs> that didn't just mean active at twilight <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um it is a very it is a very strange word
0: <laughs> see um it sounds I, when I read it, I thought it was, and I think I mentioned this before. And this is not telling tales out of school. My, my friend is very open about this. My friend Austin uh, had, and it was cured, but he had uh, an STD once that was uh, like Cremusculum or something like that. But the the words and everything like made it sound like snail dick. Okay, and like he'd just be like, "Yeah, I got a case of the snail dick," <laughs> and like he's just like. What? whoa <laughs> what does that mean like is there a shell um and then uh <laughs> yeah, that's is what like I a every time I... kind of thing like what are yeah we... yeah what is what is snail dick what does that mean um and then you know it, it went away but that, that's what that's every time i saw this right uh, i was not familiar with the actual word
1: right previous Crepuscular, yeah
0: yeah <laughs> um so yeah it just flows off the tongue right. um so uh, um oh, I, so they, they,
1: I i got you buddy
0: uh <laughs> yeah, they, they turn on you um yeah, no, i mean the notes got me too it's okay. just like i i, I see so, so you, you uh you you're able to withstand the attacks from umbra here because you have that crown keep in mm-hmm. mind that you cannot die with the crown right uh etc um but you are uh captured
1: yes yeah. um you know by this guard who's you know big strong and kind of sh- shrouded in shadow at this point and you know it said like "Ah, oh, we've got all your friends too um so all hope is lost um yeah, so and this robert
0: he's being skinned <laughs>
1: so... <laughs> to, to make a very <laughs> tiny coat yeah um so um and this kind of initiates a flashback you know aurora you know is recalling time with her mother you know and saying like oh i wish i could fly and her mom <laughs> says knowingly uh you know there there are some parts of the world where people do fly you know, they talk about Aurora's fate to rule the kingdom as queen or whatever, and you think she's talking about Austria, but, you know, we're going to find out later what this actually means.
0: About Lemuria.
1: Yes. Um, and we find out that the thing that is protecting Aurora is, you know, upon her mother's death, she issued this final wish saying, like, you know, protect my daughter from, you know, from any harm that might befall her. I wonder where they got that idea.
0: <laughs> the, uh, which is exactly... What protects harry potter right um down you know almost down to the letter like it, it's exactly what happened so good I'll, job child of light
1: i'll, I'll take your word
0: man <laughs> yeah i mean it, it's 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 in the very first movie the the uh i actually don't know if they really reveal it oh. in the first movie but that's why harry potter can't get zapped by voldemort ah um
1: and voldemort the, means flight from death oh i don't know yeah, it does. like I'm, I'm, not, I'm not that level yeah <laughs> like, no, it's, <laughs> it's it's, it's um, french voldemort yeah. Uh, it's, <laughs> yeah
0: um the uh yeah, I'm not some kind of nerd call. <laughs> However, that's how Harry Potter gained his protection from his mother, his his his, his Muggle parent, and actually kind of bridging the gap between Muggles and magical people oh, okay. and understanding the <laughs> like, um that's dorky and childlike, uh, or that that's cool Yeah. as opposed to this, which is dorky and childlike. Um, so that's what that's why you're protected. This starts uh, chapter eight, which uh, is the highest of the high, which is you in the tower, uh, essentially. Um, you wake up in the tower and you play your flute. We play the flute a couple of times when people are sad before. Yeah, yeah. Um, nothing happens, but this time, um, the guard who's outside says, Hey, that's a song from the queen of light. Um, conveniently, I actually don't believe in this at all. And I'm ready to betray the current ruling instantly. <laughs> they didn't lay track for this. Like if the idea was that Umbra had had this, this race of, of these guards, um, or the people in general under like a false impression right um that would be fine they don't lay track for
1: it There. well this is our first exposure to any of this um to yes. like, like like to this guard or his race of people like you know it, it, it's almost like it's done backward you know we find out yeah, like, oh, yeah. they, they you know they, they 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 liked the queen of light um you know <laughs> uh, you but not know, we,
0: enough to to rebel right until and like it has to be this flute thing as opposed to being like do they not understand that like, were they not there for that cutscene? Like, you know, they were.
1: Uh-huh. Like, this dude was yeah.
0: there for the for the cutscene. Like, this is, it just, it doesn't, it's sloppy storytelling. Yeah. You know? I just, I remember, like, this happening and me just being like, oh, okay, I guess that, that feels arbitrary
1: and quick. Yeah. You know? <laughs> that resolved nicely and also yeah. quickly. Yeah, that's um, convenient. Yeah. Um. So this guard, this is Oingus? Yeah. Oingus. I, I, I don't know how to pronounce Oingus. that, uh, that, that ligature there. Ingus? Um, who is uh, uh, he's this lizard like tribal warrior? He's got this big uh, goofy mask on, um, and he's your offensive tank. Um, yes. And he's really useful because he can draw attacks with taunts. Yeah, he's he's a good. This is a good party member. Yeah, and you
0: just have him for this part where you're kind of navigating this tower. Right, him. Um, him, him and Aurora. You have your, yeah. Yeah, you, yeah, him and Aurora. You don't have uh, Iniculus. You don't have your other uh, party members, even though you see traps and treasure chests that show that you're going to get Iniculus back mm-hmm. very soon. Um, and there are kind of these timing spike pattern things. But every time you go into a fight, you're just going to stomp. Right. Um, there are other guards that are the loyal guards because again, this doesn't lay the back. Fact- Apparently, there are two factions of guards. <laughs> there, are, there are these things, but there are also regular lizard guards who are loyal to the evil queen. Um, you know, n- nothing to suggest that, but you just kind of have to infer it. And keep them straight Um, yeah. you will, uh, you will stomp every fight with these things mm-hmm. with Ingus. Like Ingus is extremely good. Yes. Um, um and remains useful for the rest
1: of the game like it is yes. it, it it is unique in not unique but it is rare in rpgs where the tank isn't among your first uh you know your your first available party members yeah you know yeah
0: was, well, aurora kind of functions as such you know that? and you can you can aurora kind of functions as such or can yeah, like yeah. you can spec aurora out for that mm-hmm. and aurora gets that counter attack ability which is like a tank kind of ability yeah
1: yeah um, so you eventually work your way to this prison where all of your party members are, you know, minus Nora. You never get uh, Nora back. Yes. Um, and they're trapped in these hanging cages, and Aurora frees them all. So you get all of them, and you have to put all their oculi back on. It's a whole big thing. Yeah, it, it is It is a task,
0: Um, because <laughs> we're in the task zone. Um, you have to solve this, like, again, charitable puzzle uh, with this gear thing with, with Igniclius uh, to release this chain that gets you to know, the rest of the tower. When you get there, Ingus leaves and says, like, hey, I have to go back for my people. They're all imprisoned as well. Mm-hmm. Do you want to come with? And it's like, well, you're really good. If I'll come with you.
1: Yeah, yeah. You, you have uh, demonstrated your worth.
0: And this, again, this 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 difference between a puzzle and a task. Uh-huh. So this is a door maze. Um, we're getting the wrong answer. Sends you back to the
1: beginning. Yeah, it's like uh, a, like a uh, mysterious forest kind of thing.
0: Yes, pretty pretty big bummer. It's not just a straight maze where it just, you know, so that would be the worst thing is if it was just trial and error for the whole thing. Mm-hmm. It's not that, but they go so far in the other direction to where it is just, there's a symbol by the door and there's a symbol in the background. Mm-hmm. Go through the door with a symbol.
1: Like, oh, Also, if you fail, like if you don't notice this, which like I wasn't paying that close of attention, I just went through the door that seemed right. Um, you'll come back out and I think a Nicholas will say, huh, was there something strange about the shield on that statue? Yeah, they they just tell you the thing. Yeah. Like it's not like I, I'm,
0: I'm not looking for this to be the witness, but like there is some place between an arbitrary maze nightmare <sighs> And just we're going to tell you what to do, like enter in these numbers into your calculator to get this number, the, you know, like like the game is literally
1: giving you the solution. The, there is a tension that, ex, that that exists between the it's for kidsness of, you know, aspects like this and the difficulty of some of the fights um, and kind of the, you know, yes. the, the the intricacy of, um you know, of, of some of the systems in play. That make me like just like I, I wonder who this is for, and we said it toward the beginning that this has to be for a parent who is playing a jrpg with their kid it 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 is I think that's
0: really out because it is such there are so many things that are beyond baby level
2: mm-hmm.
0: and then there are so many things that are actually like you know not not persona you know it's yeah. not like persona four advance, but more advanced than you would expect right um it has to be for both at the same time right. You know? so
1: that's why it feels like it is trying to have both and i am one yes. person you know <laughs> who exists in the condition that i exist in childless like you yes. know who just doesn't fall in between but just like is frustrated by the tension that this game exists in.
0: yeah and i'm frustrated by the tension and the the half of this that is ostensibly for me is also not good enough <laughs> right so it's not like that it's not only not good enough to round up to make up for the baby parts, but it's mm-hmm. also just not good enough in general. Right. I have to believe that you can make puzzle games for kids. Like Ron Gilbert made a whole bunch of them uh-huh. and I bet you they're actually good. Right. Like I, I, I have to believe that that's something you can do without just being like match the symbol. Right. Cause that's right. not even like, that's not even a puzzle for kids. That's like a play school. You know, they sell that next to the thing. That's the button, the zipper and the, yeah. I mean, it's a, you it's, know? a it's
1: a shape sorter. <laughs>
0: like... Yeah. It's a yeah, It's like literally, you know, it's a shape shorter. It's playing a, a, anticipation or whatever with no timer right like can you can you put these pegs in their appropriate shape <laughs> like good job pull out a circle of paper yeah you know like okay um, <laughs> circle of yeah get, get yeah. your safety scissors and a circle of paper
1: yeah <laughs> so yeah i don't know like it's a problem that's it's a problem that's been solved you know i, I don't know that we yeah. can hold it against it might not be fair to hold it against this game that it is not putt-putt goes to the book depository but yeah you know
0: yeah, it's um, <laughs> to, to, on that dreadful day in Dallas
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know i'm picking up
2: what you're putting down <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah
2: but <laughs> but it's like
1: yeah, i don't know it's uh, uh that, that 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 tension i think is probably the, the the wellspring from which a good deal of our complaints flow
0: yes that yeah. is that is the probably the primary flaw right. in this game is is a a divided lack of focus yeah um, so you go through this maze of doors that goes on for quite a while, um, to get down to these people, uh, free them. They're just hanging out. Like they're <laughs> of in shit. You hang out with them. They, they talk about they're, they're a noble warrior race, which like, I never need to see another Klingon, right, uh, right. group in a game or media at all, but that's what they are.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but now you have your party member, you make your way back out and, uh, we get to the, the boss
2: yes.
1: here,
0: uh, crepesculum, the first uh, of the
1: two, uh, stepdaughters, Uh, that you that that you fight um you know she (laughs) basically has no dialogue she's not really fleshed out as a person she she just showed
0: up (laughs) like she's just like also here's this other boss next to me during this cutscene.
1: right you'll be seeing her later right um and she uses the forbidden technique of her people and turns into a gigantic dark serpent yes um that i'm not super into the design on
0: either like i think it's pretty generic like just a snake how much real like again monday morning quarterbacking why? How much stronger would this have been if, like, the plan was to to double cross you, but Nora had second thoughts and ended up in the jail with you, and then you had to choose to forgive Nora, uh-huh. and it showed that like you are not actually bound by your familial kind of origin, mm-hmm. and that like, I mean, they because they don't do anything really cool with Nora after this, like it's not really worth what they do with it. So like, right. I just feel like that would have been so much better, and also wouldn't have caused the gameplay problem of you possibly investing in this character who you lose, right? You know, it would have been tropey still. Like, that's not... I'm not inventing a new fiction. Like, that happens all the time. Mm -hmm. It just would have felt better. Right. As opposed to this idea, this, like, messaging that, like, there are people who are just evil, there are families that are just evil, and they're going to marry your dad. (laughs)
1: Like... (laughs) Just, <laughs> and they're gonna tell you what to do but they can't they can't tell yeah you but
0: that's not your real mom right. you know it's not your real sister like what is going on the fight? like okay <laughs> talk of, about something that gets worse when you think about it like what, what kind of values are you are you portraying here yeah
1: um yeah so anywho fairy tales um, are fucked up
0: <laughs> yeah they're, they're, they're not good but this isn't like a cool grim like you know fairy tale right um they're fucked up but they usually fucked up in more interesting ways. Um, so the big thing with her, uh, she has these two, these two wraiths, uh, with her, um, her interrupt is to heal herself. She can also resurrect her ads. Yes. Fuck you. Uh, <laughs> like I hate this so much. I don't have any fun for the rest of this game. Not like, okay. Not
1: one lick. So I'm just letting you know, like,
2: yeah,
0: yeah. I'm not going to bring up well, every single bad thing that happens, the, but this the, is where it lost me 1000%.
1: Yeah. The revive is a bit much, um, you know, Basically, I I don't I don't like fights whose main who, whose whose main gimmick is to prolong themselves. Yeah, I, you know. Again, taking this back to uh, Crimson Shroud, I I hated when a new enemy would drop in after I defeated one of one, one of the enemies on the field. The, this, some, this feels like that. Like yeah, I, I just thing? I saw this and I immediately made like the no good emoji, like I just crossed yeah. my arms like nope.
0: Yeah, this is this is you know at the very least like in that game like the way that I justified that was like. Imagining the fight as being against six people in the first place. Right. To me, there's something about a resurrection that is worse. Mm-hmm. Like literally undoing my progress feels worse, whether yeah. it's a fiction or not. Yeah. This felt worse to me. Um, also, I mean, the bigger thing was probably I'm not having fun in the combat engine really at this point. Yeah. yeah. So like that's probably the issue. Mm-hmm. But uh, for Crepesculum, which like you name a character that Crepesculum, <laughs> the character, um, the woman's name who turns into a dragon all of her gimmicks are about healing her people and mm-hmm. healing herself. So you just kind of power through and get through it.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, like uh, get through it. Eventually she, she dies, um, which is releases the moon. You grab it and this turns you into an adult woman. <laughs>
1: yeah. so,
0: so is is there, some, is there some kind of menstruation metaphor going on in the background of this that I also don't understand? Oh, there's like With a the moon, moon like, yeah, and like Mensis yeah. and like, what are you trying to do, child of light? Like what is your fucking messaging? Well, it's like, also
1: set up as like a big situation. Like in Nick that's like, where did Aurora go? it's so, like, oh, yeah. are, are are did, she's you, a get, woman did now. you get smaller?
0: Like where did Aurora go? Oh, she's <laughs> ovulating. Like, <laughs> she's, she's in princess. the corner
1: ovulating.
0: <laughs> what is happening? Yeah. God damn it.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> And also, like, you know, the, the, this is a coming of age story. Like, she starts off being afraid, alone in this world. She finds her friends. She, you know, lives into her destiny and becomes, you know, not just uh, a powerful young woman, but, uh, you know, t- t- ends up ruling over this kingdom benevol- benevolently, uh, happily ever after. Uh, no, you just pretty much skip her childhood. Finding yeah. the artifact makes her in. Into- <laughs> Yeah. Yep. it does all the heavy lifting for you yeah uh but
0: don't think about that too long because we have the filler chapter of all filler chapters oh, two of them like these next two
1: chapters yeah. shouldn't exist. Yeah.
0: what exist. is <laughs> happening god damn it child like what are you what are you doing uh so this moves um the the you you the tower is near the sea so you think like Okay, um, so when you age up, you actually get new skills as well. Yeah, yeah. It unlocks they're... everyone's final skills because you had conspicuous absences on their skill board. Right. Um, which is cool. Like, it's a little bit of that rat tail, like Final Fantasy 1 moment. Yeah. Um, but the tower's next to the sea, and you're like, well, the sea, the lowest of the low has to be on the sea. Let's go do a side quest that is actually a chapter. Right. And we do chapter 9, uh, the Piscean and the Ogre.
1: Yes. Um. So you move along this rocky coast, which looks really attractive. I will always be down for a rocky coast. Mm-hmm. Um, and you find this small village of uh, fish people, or Pisceans, um, and the village is mostly empty. There are, in fact, only two of them left. There's an old man and this girl named uh, Genovepha. Yeah. Gen-Gen for short, um, stepsister yeah. of Gex. Yes. he um,
0: uh, Comes out and greets you in this house, um, and uh, the village has been emptied. And um, there's an ogre that leaves nearby that that feeds on these creatures, these Pisceans. Mm-hmm um her water people and says like hey aurora go rescue my parents and you say like actually i'm kind of in the middle of something right like there's a lot of momentum that was just built up in the last chapter and like i have to actually get to the climax of this game and then she says no please and you have to do it right um so essentially um you get to this big tower the lighthouse this lighthouse where you're moving these blocks that have roman numerals on them down off in order to do that flashing light yeah to
1: light up these glyphs in the background yeah
0: yes um doing so is the layer of the ogre um and this opens up a boss fight which is we just ha- we, we had
1: an ogre fight yeah from before back to the beginning of the game um you would think they you know okay i'm fighting a similar enemy they're going to subvert they're going to change something fundamental about this uh yeah. not really the numbers are just bigger what they add is an interrupt counter that will you know uh the, the the ogre will uh will paralyze your party yeah if that sounds
0: fun to you like if that like you know well, I'll give you one guess whether that's super fucking frustrating right? because uh, it is uh, getting your party paralyzed. So it, it's teaching you like, hey, you know, you need to put up your your anti-status buffs. But again, you have one character that can do that. So if you that character's dead or if you didn't know and then you have to run away and do all the stuff that we talked about before. Right. Kind of a bummer. It's not that complicated of a fight. It's not actually that hard if you keep up your your status uh, protects. Mm-hmm. But anyway, you, you kill this ogre that uh, doesn't matter and is not really part of the story. And then you do a dreadful euphemism. You ride the ogre's elevator, <laughs> So if, if you know think you know what I mean.
1: <laughs> That's pretty offensive. A lot of people <laughs> <laughs> so, um yeah, you, you ride the ogre's elevator to basically discover, oh, Jen's parents aren't really around. They must have been eaten. Taking mm. this news back to Jen will get you your final party member, one who, uh, it's way too late to really do anything with. She ends up being yeah. useful in this uh, chapter 10, which ought not exist. Um, yes. But, you know, like, pay hey, the village is empty. Let's leave this old man to die because uh, I'm the future. Let's, you <laughs> yeah. know, let's head yep. out.
0: I got business to do. Right. Um, the uh, So the whole thing with Jen, um, Jen has Nora's abilities. So it kind of replaces Nora. And Jen is a fish person, so has natural resistance to water attacks. Right. I think it's the first party member that has a natural resistance like that. So Jen it. ends up
1: being very useful during this chapter. Yes, which takes place in this admittedly visually pretty cool underwater crystalline palace. You know what happened with this with this this chapter 9 and 10
0: was they set up that like they set up that quest to go to the highest of the highest and the lowest of the low.
1: Oh, and they forgot that they didn't go to the low of the low after the climax yeah. of the game.
0: Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, that's a, that's exactly what it feels like. And they didn't need to do it. Like if that quest had just been a red herring to get you into the trap. Uh huh. That would have been fine. Yes. But they I just feel like somebody was like, hey, what about the lowest of the low? That sounds oh, cool. Fuck. <laughs> and fuck. Yeah. We got to put it in somewhere, you know, and then this is where the lowest of the low ends up being. Yeah. And they couldn't just immediately go to the lowest of the low because, like, it's the lowest of the low. hmm. You, you had to descend.
1: Right. In the so, ogre's elevator.
0: <laughs> yeah. So you go, you go down,
1: the. You, you do the ogre's
0: elevator on this guy. And then you, uh, you you take this uh this elevator onto this crystalline underwater palace. Uh huh. Um, which is there's a wide variety of enemies here and a lot of irritating stick.
1: Right. So yeah, a lot of time doors. Like you know you're you're getting up to the final part. Like this this isn't the real like you know movement puzzle. Like you're gonna get to yes. that. Like Knox kind of plunges you into it. Yes. Um, but there's no real like centerpiece to this. You know like you you eventually just get to a boss fight with a sea monster.
0: I actually think this looks pretty generic too to me. Oh. Like it's it's pretty, but it doesn't look like it I feel like I've seen this environment in video games like a
1: lot. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um
1: Um, you know, and just I I call it pretty. Like that's just that's just it is is pretty. It's 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 just that, but like there's so much about this that is like it's pretty. I recognize that this is well done, but I feel nothing.
0: Yeah, it is it is pretty. It's just something I've seen a lot before. Yeah. You know? Um, and this is the penultimate chapter of the game. Right, right. And it's the lowest of the low. Like it it has, it is a name that seems like it should have some kind of weight
1: right?
0: to it. Um, you fight the sea monster. He brought buddies, but he doesn't have an interrupt counter, which somehow makes it like almost like too simple. Right. It, like I don't like the interrupt counter, but I haven't been like Stockholm syndromed into them. But like, it is just like, oh, it's just a fight that I have mm-hmm. to do, you know, fight a bunch. But you, you fight <laughs> them. Jen's really good because Jen's uh, resistance to the attack. And if you put a water resistant gem on Jen, Jen like will take almost no damage. Yeah from this creature and is like almost mandatory for this. Yeah.
1: It's fine. You get to a final yep. shadow casting puzzle that opens up the, uh, the, you know, the door to the lowest of the low where the stars are kept.
0: Mm-hmm. And this brings us into our finale Um So this is like the temple here, like is a, this kind of clockwork navigation challenge um, where you're leading eventually, like as you kind of go through this, this challenge to uh, Nox who flees upward through these tunnels um yeah. you chase nox and there's this rising floor of spikes as well mm-hmm. uh that you have to that chases you as you go
1: yeah uh she also leads you into a chamber that's full of poisonous gas and you have to go and hit all of these uh, uh kind of cranks to open up yes. the way out like you know again motion final final exam until you get to nox herself um yes she like Crepusculum, uh morphs into a creature she's more of like a like a sea creature kind of a kind of thing uh she, she doesn't have like extra creatures who are her ads her tentacles are her ads yes yep um plus one and plus two yeah
0: um and is uh mostly like a, a just a regular kind of boss fight um nox has an interrupt counter but it doesn't it just makes her immune to interrupts
1: afterwards <laughs> right
0: so you get to interrupt her once yeah and then she's immune to interrupts for the rest of the fight mm-hmm. uh that might wear off at some point i don't know it does yeah okay Um, but it's fine. Like, you're just not going to rely on those very much. No. You know, at this point, like you have your complete party. If you've been putting in, you know, your, your homework and and doing the random encounters, you're probably powerful enough to make this not a huge deal.
1: And also I'm used to not interrupting bosses because the entire back half of the game has told me not to. So yes. Yeah. It's kind of like saying, aha, now that you've learned to ride a bike, you do not get these training wheels anymore. Okay, cool. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and notice we didn't say that much about Nora or Knox's kind of character. She just kind of like a, a switch flips and she's a cackling schemer, you know, yeah. who leads you into traps and stuff. Like um, all step-, step sisters. Yeah. Umbra shows uh, up and she is, she's like less distraught about losing her daughters and more distraught about her bloodline being broken. <laughs> like
0: all stepmothers. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> like, you know, I I don't really understand motivations in this game. Right. Um but that's you know that's what that's what's happening here um she is uh she's upset she at the is the final kind of thing she does she summons this mirror that shows aurora her father's death right um and this is this is the the payoff for the rhyming thing that works Mm -hmm. in the game so if you're waiting for me to say something nice about the rhyming here it is yeah uh her father says goodbye and dies before the last word but you know he's going to say goodbye because that would have been the thing that rhymes. Right. And no character chimes in like, he was going to say goodbye? <laughs> uh, which is like what I expected to have happen. Yeah. Uh, because this game has no respect for me or my mm-hmm. intelligence. Right. Um, but this is, you know, genuinely kind of, you know, it's like a, I have so little goodwill left that it's hard to call this moving. Uh-huh. It's like I, I understand it intellectually as moving.
1: mm you know without actually feeling anything cuz i don't care about these characters or world yeah. or anything I, like uh, so. at this point because of everything that kind of came before this i'm interacting with the story um and the characters and stuff c- kind of like through Waldo's, you know like the like the gloves that extend out of uh, out of like a wall mm. you know like the <laughs> like like i am uh, dealing with like biohazard and nuclear material and an ad-
0: inanimate carbon rod yes
1: yeah 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 so um Along with the emotional violence that Umbra has done, she also uh kills Aurora. Yes. Like a cast her down. Um and um you know, Aurora is drawn back to the slab where she awoke in Lemuria in the first place.
0: And then you start the whole game over again. Yep. And like, man, does it suck?
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's it's a a real ghosts and goblins or ghouls and ghosts or whatever the fuck that is, uh kind of situation.
2: (laughs) Um
1: yeah. Um, but the Lady of the Forest is there. She plays the flute to revive Aurora, playing the same melody, oh shit, The lady of the forest is actually the queen of light, she's an exile, um, and also she is aurora's mother, yes, who
0: Aurora's father divorced, presumably no, no uh, the, the she she died, oh, she died and went into this world, yes,. Okay. His, his father was a widower who was yeah. just trying to find love in the arms of another woman. And that's, the, <laughs> right. that's the thing that we should be punishing. That's the messaging.
1: We right. Right. Just like,
0: don't you know, like if you, if your spouse dies, like be alone forever.
1: He told the queen of light that like, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll move on. Don't worry. I'll, I'll live my life. But that was the wrong thing to do. Yeah. You shouldn't do that. No, no. So, some kind of fucking <laughs> messaging to this.
0: I don't know what it is. Um, so, uh, this gives you back. All the other party members arrive. Um, they've satisfied their goals. Um, Aurora comes back. Right. You know they join. This is supposed to be like your you know care bear stare moment with all your friends getting mm-hmm. together and, and power of friendship blood and bloop. Um, you fly up for your final confrontation with Umbra. Yeah. And you have a big speech about how the world or Umbra makes this big speech about the world is actually her birthright. Right. Um, based on track that was not laid, uh, and Umbra transforms and attacks.
1: Th- there's like this ancestral battle between the 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 descendants of like Cygnus and uh, and Aaron, mm. some something like that. Like there, the, it's this ancestral beef that Umbra is trying to uh, try trying ancestral to lay down. Ancestral
0: beef. I've had aged beef, and that's good. Ancestral <laughs> <laughs> beef.
1: Yep. Holy shit. <laughs> yep. You, you, you find it in a crypt. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, and yeah, this gets you into the final boss fight. Um, mm-hmm. you know, as Umbra transforms again into a into a dragon kind of uh, creature, uh, who is flanked by two large battle owls. Yes. Two guardians Owl. of G'huul. I, I, I would
0: love to be flanked by two battle bo- owls. At Not all, all time. times, yeah. Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> Owl bodyguards are, are, are a real life goals thing. Yeah. Um, so the owls are a bigger deal, like most of the time. Right. Um, Umbra has a couple different counters that uh, she does, but mostly they're buffs.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, haste, which is a big deal. Um, and you can debuff, but again, that costs a turn, et cetera, et cetera. that Um It's just kind of a long, hard fight, but nothing too special about it.
1: Yeah. I thought. Yeah, I mean, it just at, at this well, point, where I, it was
0: in the game, this did not affect me as much as the Griffin
1: fight did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, it was a little bit of a like a little bit of a letdown in terms of the complexity or being a being a final exam. Like the the last yeah. half of this game was the final exam, which again plays yes. into a weird pacing thing. Yes, yeah. So Humber's defeated, and Aurora, you know, seizes this opportunity. She goes through the mirror in the Temple of the Moon to go back to Austria. Uh, where the duchy is, you know, nearly entirely flooded. The people are kind of cowering toward the tops of hills. And this is all, you know, told in the final cutscene, you know, in the, in the rhyme. Um, and so she has all of her party members gather everybody up. And instead of save, saving their kingdom, nope, it's all gone. Why didn't you yep. come and be my subjects in Lemuria?
0: Yeah, that's why there's no Austria anymore. Yep. <laughs> if you're wondering why there's no such thing as Austria. Right. Uh, this game explains Austria. <laughs> it's subtitled Austria Origins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, so there she is, the benevolent queen of Lemuria with all of her friends. Mm. Uh, that is the end. Yes. Of the game. Um, yeah, I got, I got more mad as we went through the story than I was at the beginning of the episode, which I already started out pretty cranky. Right, <laughs> like, I just, right. you know, the fact that this all adds up to nothing and laying it out all in order really is upsetting and like something we didn't talk about and just to get it on a thing is uh once you this happens anyway but there are times where your characters will stop and talk to each other
1: yes Um, after after battles
0: yeah after battles when you get everyone back at once this happens constantly (laughs) it is never good right like it is never good and it's just it's so much content like i don't know if we can express in this podcast how much Empty content there is in this game, like bad rhymes, bad dialogue, things that add nothing to character or plot. Um, that are just there; they're not jokes, they're not interesting, they don't tell backstory. Like they don't actually do anything. Right. It is just a game of empty, empty, empty words that I don't know who it's here for. Like yeah. there's, I had some fun in the first half of the game, specifically with the combat. Yeah.
1: When he, um, when each area was a spotlight moment for a new for, for, for like a new party member with new mechanics or a new hooks yes. like that that's when this game shined for me yes like as and it
0: it, it never for me I mean I sorry I didn't catch off I apologize go on
1: no no like, like that's that's when it worked for me so like the first yeah. half of it was fine I forgot what I was gonna say continue okay I apologize for opinion
0: um for me that's when it worked too but even when this topped out it wasn't great right like I was never like fuck yes sitting down to play child of light this is gonna be awesome mm-hmm. I I was like oh, this is kind of fun. You know, yeah. is kind of what it, it topped out at, which for me is like a 76, you know, like it just put it like about how good it was. Like, it's pretty good. Like, it's, yeah. it's kind of fun. Um, it never got super engaging. And there's just so much space between those moments. Mm-hmm. And so many times the game shoots itself in the foot to like fuck over those moments and undervalue them. Right. You know, and, and looking at all the plot and stuff, I don't know what this is about. I don't know what the thematic message like. what's one thing you can say for children's books, right? Like, mm-hmm. they usually have like a moral to the story. Like, there is a message. They are about something. The, the, um, I
1: mean, that this is such a cliche, and like we say it about uh, you know cer- certain genres a lot. But like, the the only positive message that comes out of this is sometimes it's okay to rely on your friends. And and that at some point we'll get to a point like
0: I think that that is past the sell by date to where that needs to be said.
1: Right. You know,
0: again. <laughs> and if that were the case, like if that was the messaging, like there are a lot of things that are confusing that messaging, like a lot of chaff, right? Yeah. Like there's a lot of the weird stepmother, stepfather moving on stuff that is not uh, completed. Also, like these are not good characters. Like these aren't, their friendship doesn't feel real or good. Right. You know, these are people who, you sometimes do a favor for and then we'll die for you. (laughs) And occasionally you will, you will tell one another a bad joke, right? You know, like to make a, a friendship feel real. Like we're recording this, the same session we recorded the appendix episode for the Witcher three. And Josh Garrity wrote in that excellent response about how like girls friendships, I'm not going to compare every game in 2018 to Witcher three, but like girls friendships feel non-transactional because they need each other uh this does not sell that like when robert literally says well i can't get that girl i guess i'll just go with you
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know like that's my favorite character in this game and that's the extent of the motivation like right a shrug and i guess is the friendship basis this whole message is built on right you know maybe there's more to this maybe if you read the novel and you read all of the confessions and analyze it like there is some hidden messaging to this mm-hmm but I can't tell what this game is about either mechanically or story wise right that is that has a satisfying answer like I have guesses that would result in it not being good enough
1: yeah you know I stumble on I stumbled on my epiphany three quarters of the way through the through the episode but it really is about that tension of who this is for yeah um you know that i I think that accounts that accounts for a lot of this and accounts for a lot of the ways this um either has gaps or doesn't quite meet it meet at the ends right mm-hmm. um. And it and it sucks because you know scanning back through my memory, discarding the after years, which is the right thing to do. um, The the most recent JRPG that we've covered on the show uh, was released in two thousand one, or the year two thousand Paper Mario, right? Mm -hmm. So it's interesting, and I think this is valuable. And I you know like I, I feel like I I have to do this because I feel bad that Eric paid for this episode and we took it apart, but that's. I mean, like, it couldn't have shaken shaken out any other yeah. way. We would
0: we would be we would be terrible at our jobs, and no one should listen to us if buying an episode meant we would just talk sugar
1: about the game you picked.
0: Right, right. That so, would that would that's that we wouldn't do that, and also you should you should hate us if we did that. Right.
1: Um, so. It's um, I'm still happy that we played this because, the, I mean, these games are starting to exist a little bit more, like I am, Satsuna or whatever. Um, but like seeing where jrpgs have gone even these throwback ones in the intervening 13 years between paper mario and this i think it's valuable to see how this has both evolved but also like how the throwback idea of, of, of this has evolved as well and yeah. it goes all the way back to the generalities where we can see so many opportunities to make this shake out in a way that would have actually made the moment to moment feel satisfying right yes i'm disappointed
2: more, yeah I'm, I'm
1: more than anything yeah. <laughs> I'm
0: really disappointed too, especially since I'm somebody who actively seeks these short experiences for this genre that I don't love. Yeah. You know, there that I've fallen out of love with. Like I would like, I would, you know, the, the best thing I can say about this is that it's 15 hours, <laughs> you know, like it is, it is the best thing about it. And like, I want more than that. Like I want a, a satisfying experience. That's, that's short. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes me feel like, and this, uh, I draw some comparisons between this and, um, bravely default where like a lot of the, those advances in this genre exclusively exist to paper over weaknesses as opposed to be strength on their own. Right. So this game does things to make the kind of normal mindless JRPG combat, like more exciting. Bravely default does things to make it quicker. Neither game though has a good context to to lay that on. Like, Bravely default does some interesting things with the ending, but the time up until that is a really bad story. Um, and they don't like, they just don't do enough for it. Like these throwbacks are not there yet. Right. It's real weird that this, this genre just like hasn't got there yet. Right. For the, these kind of revisionists, how many times they've tried to revise. And I recognize that I am the, the outlier on this because for a lot of people with how popular this is, with how popular Bravely default is, it is doing enough for, for, for these other people, mm-hmm. you know, it is, it is the thing where it's like, at some point, it's just not a genre for me because the best efforts that I think I can pick apart and like reasonably, right? Like, I don't think that like my criticisms of this game are you know, are are off base. Like I think right. these are things like, these are reasonable criticisms.
1: Oh yeah. Uh, I, you know, I, I feel like, you know, not to pat ourselves on the back, uh, but I feel like we made an effort to address the game that this was not the game that we wish it wasn't yes. or the game that we wished it was. Right. I think like, so too. We, we, like, we have looked at it as it presented itself. <laughs> yes. I think so too. So like
0: at some point, if this is not only like, this is what's going to pass for updating this genre. And most of the fans of the genre, this is good and good enough. Mm-hmm. Like it has to just not be for me. Right. Like on a whole. And I resist that. Right. Cause yeah. I have fond memories of the genre. I have some exceptions, but it has become this like Russian roulette where five of the chambers are bullets, mm-hmm. you know, when it, when it comes to picking out this genre, like I am much more likely to have a miserable, miserable time with this genre than I am to have a good time. Yeah. Um, you know, with, with just a couple of exceptions and it, it, it's, it's, interesting for me because i feel like part of our job is to uh to cover a wide variety of things mm-hmm. and people like these games a lot um even you know I, I they like the episodes even when they are negative for the most part not everybody does but some people do so it's not like the kind of thing where i am in a position where i could just say like you know no what more. i'm just not going to play this genre for like another five years mm-hmm. like unless something is like literally has to be top of the pops for me to like touch it Right. You can't really do that um so it just it, it puts me in a position where like i'm going to be like picking these things apart kind of for as long as we do this podcast right you know once or twice a year mm-hmm. and that puts pressure on us to be very canny about calling our shots yes with these to try to minimize that because it's not uh it's kind of a damned if you do damned if you don't situation especially now that we've opened out tobacco requests, request right like mm-hmm. so like it is a thing, and I'm not again, I'm not complaining about that, like no, no, Eric was super generous. I'm glad we got to do this game. I think this is a good episode of the show um but it means that like i like even if the result, even if the the only conclusion I can come to is like, I just don't like this what this thing is putting putting down it's I'm still in it, you know, mm-hmm. so its just it's just interesting, yeah, like I just hope that the next time we do one of these, and like the thing we talked about doing last summer for. For JRPG, which I like, I kind of want to do this summer. At mm-hmm. the very least, has narrative stuff to hang your hat on. Yes, like it is. Uh, it's not a children's. You know, it's not. It's not a confused children's book. Yeah, you know.
1: Um. um and and I, I, you know, we, we said it a lot at the beginning. I don't think it can be overstated how much that gets in the way. Not, yeah, not, not, yeah, That
0: that is that is a huge deal. Like all those other little bits are a big are a big deal. If this had, you know, a story on par with with something go you know, a bit stronger. Um, I still would have complained about those things, but I might've come away being like, this is actually worth playing. Yeah. You know, like that actually like context matters a whole lot. Um, the reason you're doing things, why you're doing things like matters a lot to me at least. Yeah. Um, yeah. And this is, it just, it feels very confused, like right from the start, Yeah, you know, you yeah. know, as to what it's about and why, you know, what those qualities are.
1: It's a, it's a point that I've raised a lot and I stole it from Justin McElroy, but you know, if a video game story can't transcend, so few of them do, the function that it has to serve what it has to fall back to is to provide you with sufficient motivation to see the next thing yes and i walked
0: away from this uh it is a 15 hour game i got up and walked away from this at least 15 times like sat down and played it and literally just like i'm gonna go see what roars is doing <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna look at my phone i'm gonna get up and make make a snack i'm gonna get up and get a beer i'm going to get up and start some laundry like any excuse to be away from it yeah because i didn't care what happened next and that was true from about a third of the way through the game right so most of that experience was i was indifferent to
1: right you know which is sad like that. that that's also not common for you
0: yeah <laughs>
1: like yeah. you know usually at the very
0: least like i mean even something like you know a negative episode that we did like you know shadow of destiny or soul reaver which I didn't like. I did want to see what happened next, even if it was just because it was kind of delicious the way that I thought it was shitty. <laughs> yeah, right. This was not deliciously bad.
1: Yeah, it never, shift, it never shifted into a mode where its shortcomings became fuel, it's, fuel themselves.
0: Yeah, which, which is definitely like a thing that, you know, right, wrong, whatever, like is a thing that happens. Right. You know, like that happened with the after years. Mm -hmm. Like, I was just like, man, like, what are they, you know, and that has at least like changes things up. Like, yeah, yes, you have to go through those fucking dungeons like way too many times. But at the very least, it's going to give me something new to to chew on, you know, and maybe I I spit out the gristle. Maybe I find like some nutrition to swallow, but like it's going to give me something new to chew on every couple hours. Um, This did not do that. No, you know, so um, pretty, pretty big bummer. Um, And again, you know, just we said at the beginning of the episode. Um, I don't fault Eric for this. I don't think Eric's taste or bad. If you like this, I don't think anybody likes this taste or bad. Hmm. It just didn't work for me. And hopefully did an okay job of explaining why, um, but it is not a comment on you child of light fans. No. Um, and I'm interested in hearing, you know, if, if you did like this, I want to know why it is make a case for it. Like I'm, I'm genuinely curious.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, you can do so. Uh, by the time you're hearing this, you still have some time. Um, If you have anything to say about this game, uh you can hit us up at, at duckfeed.tv slash contact by January fifteenth.
1: Yes. Um and you can do that if you have thoughts about WarioWare, uh which mm-hmm. came out last week, or Dungeon Keeper. That's Dungeon Keeper one, which is the final game for January. Um mm-hmm. we announced it during the uh the appendix, but uh February's games, uh they're arranged around a theme, a theme that was requested by another Patreon backer, Mitch, um yeah, around Mitch. around Mechs. Yes. Um which is cool. Like I like Mac games. Mm-hmm.
0: Um and I'm really excited to play all three of these games. Yes. Uh, we're doing, uh, which are jumping flash for the PS1, Armored Core colon four answer, uh for the PS3 or Xbox 360, or Titanfall 2 for all modern systems. Yes. Yes. Uh really looking forward to those. If you have thoughts on those, that's February
1: 15th. Yes. Go to TV slash contact.
0: Um one of the other things that can happen as you uh you patronize us is we give you a shout out in the episode. We really do appreciate like it is a huge deal that people support our work uh and uh, we i never want to take that for granted so um big thanks to james hale uh thank you james yeah um big thanks to george mathis absolutely i really really do appreciate george thank you uh aj traskos which is an awesome name yeah um but i
1: I think this next one might one up it though this is a very good name this
0: is a super cool name i see i see trond uh from time to time on on twitter and, uh-huh. and social media and stuff yeah. and i am always happy to
1: see this <laughs> uh huge thanks to trond Steinsvoll borsham yes trond <laughs> very like, good like uh, Trond. the a, a-, a- I, plus name work my friend <laughs> that's
0: very good like the the and and not to not to, i don't want it to be that simpsons thing where the lambs Come over they're progressively cuter and younger (laughs) and like Traskos to Tron is just like, like, you know, like they're all good names. And you know what? Michael Brewer. Yeah. Solid, dependable name. (laughs) Workman like, you know, (laughs) Michael Brewer, great name as well. And regardless of your names, uh, we really do appreciate uh, you supporting us. Yes.
1: And also a huge thanks to Eric. Um, oh man, yeah. Thank you, yeah.
0: Eric. And Eric is also awesome. Anyway, Eric is a stalwart yeah. uh, member of the, the Slack community. I enjoy talking to Eric. Yep, he hangs out um, in our streams is, a lot.
1: He's a he's a yeah, big supporter yeah, yeah. of those.
0: Yeah, yeah. Eric is very cool. Yeah. Um. So thank you very much, uh, Eric. Mm-hmm. Cool. And thanks again to Mitch for yeah. for sponsoring uh, February's games. Yeah. Um. If you right now those slots are all full. Um. If you're like, hey, what's up with these executive produced months and games? Um. That is a Patreon thing that we offer go to patreon.com slash TV. Um, those are different tiers. Um, we limit those so we can do kind of replay mm-hmm. stuff. And so we can still do polls and things like that. Um, uh, but keep an eye out on those. Yeah. Um, if you want to do that and that's for, you know, people who support us the most, um, it is, uh, you know, on the higher end of, of things that we, we charge for, but it is, uh, you know, we want to be able to give back to people who choose to, to support us, uh, yeah. in, in the most significant ways. Not that people who support us less are less important. Um, mm-hmm. you're all very important to us. Yes. So.
1: Yeah. Um... If you cannot give, we understand that. Um, you can mm-hmm. uh, leave a rating or review on iTunes, or I think Google Play offers those as well. Um, mm-hmm. Basically, any place you can either uh, leave a review or spread the word. All of that helps us amass listeners, and um, that helps us tremendously. Yes. Um, yeah, and you can also um, go. There are bonus episodes
0: of our different shows. We mentioned Adaptation Decay earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, you can go to duckfeed.tv slash store yeah. um, if you don't already have access to those and purchase those at the the reasonable price. Of a buck fifty, those also get bundled yes. after a few months for even more reasonable.
1: A buck fifty uh, for the Exquisite sufferings, and two fifty for the uh, for the longer, more involved ones. Yes,
0: yep. uh, adaptation decay,
1: which I think are some of our
0: most fun episodes.
1: Yeah, I have a lot of fun uh, making them. I, people people seem to like listening to them.
0: Yeah, I, I hope so. I like. I, I think they're good. Mm-hmm. That uh, that Buckman and Garcia one, I think, is very fun. Yeah. Um, the uh, so you can check those out there, and uh, those do get bundled up for discounts. And uh, so there's probably if you like this network, there are things you haven't heard. Yes. Uh, that you can hear through the magic of Patreon. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's about it. think so. Um, so until next time, uh, what should they watch out for? Hey, Rubella? <laughs>
1: Um, like, uh, a, a, a thing that I learned about measles, um, okay. I had a, a, a no, you know, measles are a different thing. I was about to tell a story about measles, but it turned out I had a, uh, my roommate in college got mumps. Okay. Okay. So I, 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 lumped that in with, with, with measles because, um, because you get, you get them in the same, uh, the same shot. Measles, mumps, and rubella, MMR, right? Mm-hmm. Is the vaccination you get, at least I did. Right. Um, my, my college roommate got mumps. And it, it's incredibly rare; like it doesn't really happen anymore. Um, the thing is, if you go in, doctors are going to be very curious because they never see mumps. And also, it is a huge emergency when a grown man gets it because it is a glandular virus. And outside of your salivary glands, where it manifests, the next thing that is in danger if it goes unchecked is your testicles. Interesting, yeah. Uh,
0: I, which I, I did will not which, know that.
1: which will swell and die. Oh,
0: that's that's so good. Yeah. Um, i had no idea did your did your roommate make it out uh
1: with it with his testes intact yes yeah he 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 got he, he <laughs> was whew. yeah um it was uh it was it was a very interesting saga in the house
0: oh yeah that that is fascinating yeah um yeah mumps is one of those diseases I didn't really understand mm-hmm. uh i just knew was a thing because like like you did measles and mumps yeah uh, it also doesn't sound like a real disease,
1: no, this is no.
0: like a doctor's use, like
1: well, I mean it's spe- specifically it's almost like a like a seinfeld bit, you know the yeah
0: <laughs> the mumps, the, the, the moose yeah, the, yeah. The, like oh, uh-uh, it says the mumps <laughs> uh.